0: Hey, this is Molly Rennick from Living Dead Girl. I'm Jeremy Saffer, rock photographer. Hey, this is Buzz Black.
1: Hey, guys, this is John Karabi. Hey there, this is Ron Wasserman, the nut that wrote Go Go Power Rangers. Hi, this is Mike Aloisi, also known as Author Mike. I am a biographer and writer, and you are watching The Chronicles of Podcast with Tom Stevens and Jamie Westwood. Hey, guys, what's going on? It's The Chronicles of Podcast, we're back
0: once again with the 72nd edition, Jamie. Second, I, I do, but it's, it is, it's is a little bit nuts. No, I'm not gonna lie to you. Um, I do believe the these chronicles right here, these chronicles this week, this one that's around us right it's around this now, around us today, are the chronicles of Michael Aloisi? Yeah, they are wonderful. I like this a lot. It's good. We'll get the hang of it now, I know, you know. So, right. take us 72 editions. Um, but anyway, let's get to it. Hit it.
2: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the 72nd edition of the Chronicles of Podcast. And <laughs> are the Chronicles of Michael Aloisi. It is I, the bearded Brummy Jamie, and joining me, as always, joining me, ladies and as always, this handsome bugger right here. What did you just fucking
0: say? Eh? <laughs> um, this is scott it's Tom. What's going on, guys? That's not one of the fastest things that you've ever said in your life.
2: George, when you to Ladies ah. and
0: gentlemen, I said. Oh, it was literally like... It was like The Flash. Um, wait, where was I going with this? I was so, going somewhere with this. Did you get my intro tune, by the way?
2: was That's sure what I was go-
0: No. Is it
2: horror-based? I was doing the Friday the 13th
0: saying that... Is that, is that a thing?
2: Yeah, it's the noise in the background of Friday the thirteenth.
0: Is that when he's coming or like not literally? Like, <laughs> hey! As in when he's when he's when he's somewhere in the vicinity. Yeah, pretty much. It's just a sort of generic oh Jason's around noise. Okay. That's weird. Is that the sound of crystal? Is it crystal lake? It is crystal lake. Check it out. Yes, Iceman kills. Um <laughs> That's the only reason I know it. Um, <laughs> i forgot forgotten. Do you know what, Jamie? I'm just going to stop because I'm t- trying to talk about a subject. I have no fucking clue what I'm talking about. So yeah, it's it's like is just a big man with a hockey mask, and he has killed. He was drowned in Crystal Lake by his mum. Not by his mum. Damn it! I, I, <laughs> I was so close. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. On an unrelated subject, I was walking to work last Thursday um and there were two chaps in front um I don't know if they were on something or that they were just just is just generally how they were but the, a guy generally said cheers to a pigeon for letting him walk past and I was a bit like did I just really I actually just witness a guy who <laughs> say thank you to a pigeon because the, the so he was walking this way the pigeon was coming across so I was behind them and he literally went, they they literally stopped in their tracks. The pigeon stopped in its tracks and he just went, cheers. And then kept on going. And I was like, did, <laughs> did that? <laughs> I suppose the pigeons go, cool. You know what I mean? It's like, you know, yeah. It problem is I'm laughing. Happening.
2: But then there's that thing in the back of my head that goes, you'd do that, wouldn't you, Jamie? Yeah, you probably would, to be honest. It
0: literally but... puts his hand on everything. Cheers, mate.
1: Cheers.
0: I... So weird. It was just one of the weirdest... I love it. Yeah. It was just... It was just... A, it was just a, it's, one of those, it's one of those surreal moments where you go, did I generally just see that happen in front of my face with my own two eyes? <laughs> I almost want to tap him on the shoulder and like, excuse me, mate, did you just say thank you to a pigeon? You should have, like, just to see think. what you said. Yeah.
2: Pigeons deserve manners.
0: <laughs> I mean, they roam the streets. The streets are theirs. You know, I'm surprised they have got knives true. and tattoos and whatnot, so... <laughs> Wearing bandanas around their neck. Anyway. Um, so. I have a story for you, Jamie. Okay. Um, I, I teased this at the trailer um, to let you know that I have a mum story. Oh, so yes I have a mum story. This is one. Of, I'm really worried that it's how you should have been there moment, but I'm really hoping it's not. So I hope this translates. Okay. Anyway. For those that remember, my mum is a wonderful woman who told a funeral, I don't know if it's a director or someone that works in a funeral home to fuck off at high pitch in the middle of Gloss City Center because some because he ignored the couple in front of her and stopped her to talk about her funeral and how she thought about it. My mum's in her early fifties. I don't think she's got anything to worry about <laughs> right now. So anyway. Fuck off. I just love doing it. So I gave her a ring because I thought I haven't spoken to Mum for a while. Let's let's chat. So we had a bit of a chin wag. and then she mentioned. And she's like, "Oh, I love. Um, oh yeah, I've, I've been I've been flicking through Netflix. Like I'm trying to find something to watch." And I was like, "Oh, there's this, this, and this, or whatever." She's like, "Yeah, yeah. No, I started this show." I was like, "Oh yeah." She goes, "Yeah, start watching Manifest." And I was like, "Okay." She went, "Yeah, it's really weird. It's quite confusing." And I was like, "All right, okay." She's like, "Yeah, I've got three or four episodes in," and I was like, "I don't really know what's going on here." Like I don't really get it, and I was like, "Well, are you not supposed to?" My sister turns up and goes, "Oh, Mum, it's because it's been on Sky," and she went, "Really?" My sister pressed pressed the the pause button. She had been watching season four, so she'd started the show at season four, going, "I've got a bloody clue what's <laughs> going on here," but you know, it's obviously obviously something's going to happen eventually. <laughs> <laughs> I did not notice it's a season four. It's my mum. She's great. <laughs> Just happily watching the TV series midway through <laughs> its full season, <laughs> just on season four. If going, it took a three or four episodes. You still didn't notice it said season four. I reckon, I reckon, mate, she would watch the entire thing. Um, if my sister hadn't have been there to tell her, I think she would have watched the entire thing without going, oh that was weird. Bit of shit, really that. Didn't have a clue what was going on.
2: <laughs> oh, your mum's an absolute legend.
0: <laughs> so funny. She oh is, God, is. She brilliant. is. She is so funny. I love it a bit.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, 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 don't know. That's like I literally will check it about fifteen times before I press the button. I'm like, am I on the right series? Am I on the right episode? I do not want to ruin this. Am I in the right place? <laughs> And I'll press X. And generally, it's like I forgot to lock the front door. I'll press X on the PlayStation to play. And I go, circle, circle, circle. It is the right season in the episode, yeah? <laughs> like, every time, just, I've got to make sure before I... You know, you want been on season,
2: be like, Tom. I don't care. I've got to check.
0: Just got to make sure. High, what do you mean, John's dead? Like, like... <laughs> yeah, I hate that. I, I hate spoilers. You know how much I hate spoilers. Oh, I'm know, I'm know. so, like... It is episode 15 of season one, yeah? yeah. Okay, good. 20? What? Um, and fight. <clears throat> Excuse me, so I'm checking my saliva. What's going on? Oh, What's happened to me? Oh, Jesus Christ! Anyway, there's one thing I really don't get, What's and it's becoming more common. I feel I think it's becoming more of a sport. The World Slapping Championships.
2: Ah, right. yeah. What
0: the fucking ass is this? <laughs> Literally, literally. I'm not joking, right? These are some big dudes as well, and they literally stand there and go, "Go on them." Why? I don't. Why? Have
2: you seen Why? the same article I've seen about this? The man with the horrific injury. Is this with
0: the brain injury?
2: He's basically dislocated his entire face.
0: I yeah. It, <laughs> I... yeah uh... It's not even. De- you don't defend yourself. I don't get it. Why? Why do you want? First of all, why do you be a world champion slapper? That just sounds weird in itself. And second of all, like that's like a girl from Essex. World champion slapper. He's going. Oh, then that- <laughs> and you got this guy's like full pelt. Like, oh, you got me. Where's your jaw gone? Ah, <laughs> happens all the time. Don't worry about it, Dave. It's, it's <laughs> just so weird. It, of, you know the the brain's getting shook. It's it just I just don't get it. I just no, don't no. understand. I don't understand. Ne- the next the next thing's going to be the world stabbing championships. I imagine. <laughs> go on then. Go on. Look. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll just go for the heart. There you go. That oh, is dead perfect. I went. I went. World champ. That's what it's, it might as well do that. You might as well get a, a machine gun and blow him away. Like, what is the point? The, what part? What has to happen in your
2: life to go, do you know what, Dave? You know what? I'm signing up, I'm gonna be world champion at slapping other dude in the face. Like, why? Do something <sighs> else. You're fucking weirdo.
0: <laughs> you know what? When I was growing up, I wanted to be a human statue. But then yeah. I realized that I didn't want to, I, you know, I was quite good at standing still. So I thought, fuck it, I'll go and slap in slapping championships. <laughs> Jack, they're probably old retired human statues that have had enough and want to do something else with their lives. They're perfect at standing still, so they don't react. It's, it's it makes sense. In with who watches this shit?
1: <laughs>
0: I love like, him, like, apparently, I think they're going gone. He's going to tw- mate. He's going to absolutely twat him. And it's just no like. Oh, is it him? Cool. Right, your turn. Great. <laughs> this. It's like fucking golf.
2: I get it. Some people get into competitive, like physical sports, but that's competitive. That you defend yourself. You know, you don't want to be beaten. This game, fucking hit me, mate. Don't get it.
0: Do not. I, get uh, it. I, I I'm waiting for his head. To, I'm waiting for the excess to happen. His head to, <laughs> to turn around. Or I, yeah, oh, insane. One, Dave. Absolutely insane. Negative. I think he's dead. Anyway. <laughs> Anyway, how are you doing, my friend? you well?
2: <laughs> I'm very well. I'm very well. I'm, I'm a bit, I'm, I don't am a bit. I know. Or for some reason, I was just like, come on. I'm really excited to record this evening. So I'm, I'm very good. I'm in a good mood. That's good. So we it's, like it. It's probably because I've had a day off today, because yesterday was possibly the worst day I've had since I started this new job. So today was like, you don't need to go to work today. Fuck yes. Days on a high. Why was it? Oh, just on my own. No staff. It was just like, do you know what? I think right now I might just get up, cry and leave. The thought did go through my head a couple of times. Yeah, just not a, it wasn't a good day in the office yesterday. Let's just say that.
0: But we all have bad days at work, don't we? I suppose what happens. We don't want to give anybody a pay rise, not actually hire any staff, bleed it to its dry and then privatise it all.
1: Yeah.
0: Cheers, Taurus. Anyway, how are you, sir? yeah I'm good I'm uh I'm good I'm good I'm uh I'm all right just a lot going on in the old in the old Nogs at the moment so um I
2: get that one, get
0: that one. yeah uh but fine absolutely fine I just I'll I'll tell you I'll tell you off air <laughs> okay put it that way um yeah all good my friend all good there's not a lot's really happening so um just buzzing for New York now just ready just ready to go ready to get the motherfucking shit out of this country for a bit <laughs> to go to an even worse motherfucking <laughs> it's country. Say, it's uh, not like no. you go
2: to a better country.
0: <laughs> no, but it, it's you know I get to forget about life for a week. It's gonna be nice. So yeah. and I get to I get to meet up with a former guest which I'm very very excited about. So it's gonna be ah, yes. it's gonna be absolutely wonderful. I keep forgetting um, you doing that. Yeah plans are currently in the works so I'm very very excited. The one thing I'm really gutted about really gutted about uh, obviously, Daddy is returning. He's released his brand new trailer, which is absolutely wonderful about horses you'd love to fuck and whatnot. Um, <laughs> if you want to fuck a horse, it's got to be this one. Um, yeah, I'm so <laughs> excited. I can't wait for him to return. He comes back to film two days after I leave.
2: Oh.
0: And the office is round the corner from where I'm staying. And I was like, motherfucker. Oh.
2: You're at least going to go even- see it.
0: I'm not of course I'm going to the building. Yeah, hell yeah. I've applied for um, Jimmy Fallon Jimmy Fallon tickets. Oh, Late night with... Cool. Yeah. yeah. So, because yeah. um, they're free. And it's in the HBO <laughs> building, which is round the corner from the hotel. So I was like, oh, nice. screw it. Okay, but if I can get in there and go and find the Last Week Tonight studio, then I'll be a very happy man. Just um, hide for a couple of days, wait for him to come back. Hi. Yeah, yeah. Adopt Daddy. me! <laughs> I'm, I'm under the desk, Daddy. Um... <laughs> That might be weird, to say. Um, it reminds me of the Norman Neil story when he was <laughs> under the desk d- dressed up as that puppet for the, for the whole thing, just like making him giggle. <laughs> God, I love that man. Anyway, um, yeah, so I was a bit, I was a bit like shit. And Chris D'Elia, mm. one of my favorite comedians, is doing a New York show on the Saturday, the day after I leave. I'm like, oh, for fuck. fuck, fuck sake? <laughs> This is not working out at least i'm going to monday night raw that, at least it's so at least that's going on do you know what i mean That'll um be good. it's gonna be amazing like me and Karis are just buzzing off our tits we're so excited to go we've booked so much already um and we're just gonna have the best time like i just can't wait we're gonna go and see the only murders in the building building oh, um, yes. they are currently filming season three as we speak it's on mm-hmm. steve martin's instagram so hopefully they're still filming when we go and see it. That'd be amazing. Get in my face, Paul Rudd, come on. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I we're going down, we're going to see the building. The Arconia, but it's called the Bell Nord. The Bell Nord. Wow. Um and it's a 15 minute tube ride from where we are. So or s- sorry, subway rad subway rad. Subway. Um yeah, so I'm very excited. Anyway, sorry, I went off on a massive tangent there. I do apologize. Um, what have you been doing with yourself? Uh,
2: not a lot to be honest I've mostly been doing that I've been getting my Rihanna done to be honest I've mostly been wag 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 um on the earliest which suck I can't wait to get off the earlies next week I hate doing early so much
0: is it the wake up that it's the worst bit or what yeah
2: it's just yeah
0: waking up and just yeah I
2: just don't like the early shifts at all (laughs) um been going to the gym and not much this week. I've just had no time. I've been so much on. Um, just not had time to do that. Went to see the kids. I went again today, which was good fun. How was, that? It was good fun. Me and Sam hung around. He got me to sh- trying to get me to play Minecraft. I do not get that game
0: at all. No, I, Yeah.
2: I just uh, I, I don't know why kids fucking love it. And he was well away doing all this stuff, and I was like, I don't know what to do. I <laughs> just got so confused. <laughs> I just passed the controller to his cousin. I was like, you play, I'll watch Sam. I don't know. But I did find out that Lena has been promoting our show. What? Basically, last time Lena came to stay with us, she saw my box of business cards. And she's like, Dad, can I have some? I thought, yeah, why not? I was like, you go give them to all your friends. as a joke. She literally went to school and handed them down to all of her friends. She gave one to two of her teachers and her teachers put it up in her classroom. Really, one of our business cards is in my daughter's classroom on the wall. Is that a little weird? <laughs> I don't know because this show is not for kids. I know a friend came over to me and showed me, she showed me her phone screen. He said, The Chronicles, a Sunday friend. And I was like, What the? fuck? <laughs> so, if any of my daughter's friends are listening, hi and sorry. <laughs>
0: You're going to be learning a lot today. Yes. Welcome to the Chronicles of School with Tom and Jamie. So fuck, it's a word you should not say ever until you're at least 14. Shit is okay. When you get to about 11, 12 age, shit is fine. Ball sack, absolutely fine. Just don't play with them for a while. <laughs> it is absolutely fine. You'll have them all perfect. No worries at all. Uh, uh, ass, however, is fine
2: <laughs> Bullsack is fine, just don't believe it for a little while
0: <laughs> Sorry oh. Ooh. oh, That made me laugh oh, Now I know my age <laughs> <laughs> Just don't come and play with me <laughs> Oh, God, I'm so
2: sorry if any of her friends are listening to this. (laughs) But to be fair, to your own fault. Um, (laughs) Watching wise, um, I watched Adam Rowe's new stand up special. Adam Rowe is one half of the Have a Word podcast team. I watched his new stand up special. He is absolutely fucking brilliant. I really enjoyed that. Um, But other than that, sir, it's been an emotional week because I finished season four of 24.
0: Yeah, my that God. ended is, is. Oh my God.
2: Woo. That was an emotional roller coaster, if there was one. Oh, I couldn't believe she was in it, though. I can't remember her name. Who plays her now? But she, the girl that tried to kill President Palmer with the hand thing. And I was like, I did not expect her to come back. I was like, oh, it's you. I forgot Monday about
1: you. I like,
2: Yeah. Oh, it oh, was just so much going on. Absolutely incredible. I know I said it before, like season three, I love this season. You're not gonna beat that season four comes along. Holy fuck, you ain't gonna beat this one. And now I've watched the first episode of season five. That was my homework from you to do before we recorded. That was a r- fucking emotional roller coaster. Like f- less than less than two minutes into the show, I was almost in tears on the train.
0: <laughs> so it's begun. Okay. <laughs> Series five, I'm not joking, like it doesn't stop. Every, you're not going to put I reckon you'll smash it by next week by next it's week probably, but it's probably one of the best series ever series 5 oh, fucking it, hell. It, it, yeah well that's the, the beginning it's just the start of it so yeah wait till you get into it like yeah it is yeah it's it's intense <laughs> Dude,
2: my favourite character's dead one of them's like fighting for his life and I'm like what is going on not happy. Yeah. And President Logan, what a twat. Do not like that guy. No? And I like him even fucking less now.
0: Yeah. No David Palmer. No, I just, it, mate, don't, don't eat. Do, you know do you know what's worse? Right? Do you know what's worse? Because obviously I watched it when it was on TV. Mm. In the trailer for the new series, that beginning part is in the trailer. And I was like, are you fucking for real? What? So i already knew it was going to happen when the series started. Yeah. But at the same time, that to me would just go,
2: this season is going to be insane if they're giving that away in the trailer.
0: This, this, the series five, Jamie, you're in for a ride of your. You thought four was good, you thought three was good. Fucking hell, oh, oh, you know nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you know nothing. For, I'm actually really jealous oh. that you get to watch series five for the first time ever. I've seen it seven or eight times, and every time I'm like, this is just unbelievable. Unbelievable.
2: It's just the fact of one episode in, and I'm like, I don't know if my heart can take this. <laughs> it's insane. I've got 23 more of these fuckers. I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> it's yeah, great. So damn good. So he damn is. good. Yeah. Oh, and our boy James Morrison's in it now. So like, yes. And he, I fucking love his voice so much. He just we love Bill. Anything, i will be so just, happy. Yeah, we just love Bill. He's just great. He's just He's a great, great. character. He's great. Although when he first came into it, I was like, you stay away from Michelle. She's Tony's. Tony's... You do not fuck with Mr. Almeida, right? But then then that was fine. He made up for that. I was all right with him.
0: (laughs) But anyway, yes.
2: What have you been up to, my friend?
0: I just can't. Before I get into it, I just cannot wait for the text messages, for the WhatsApp (laughs) messages for Series 5. I'm serious. I can't. I literally cannot wait. (laughs) Because I got to watch Keris go through it, and it was just... Like, I found it so funny, not at her, because of how emotional, how, like, wound up she got by it all, but, like, because it was just beautiful to watch it all again, like, through, it was almost like I watched it for the first time through Fresh Eyes, it was just yeah. lush. Oh, it's so good. That one thing that everyone says, if there's one series you could watch again without, you know, if you could forget a whole series and watch one again, what is it? It would be 24 without a hands down, without a shadow of a doubt. I've only watched four seasons, and I might agree with you, to be honest, it's so funny. It is good. the greatest thing ever. Yeah, it, it and it doesn't stop, and that's the beauty of it. It just doesn't oh. slow down. So, anyway, we should probably move on, because I can sit in 24 for years. Welcome to the 24 podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, we've had two guests, so we might as well keep going. Well, yeah. um, although Danielle's only in it for... Danielle's in this series, so, yeah. Okay. Oh, is um, okay. Yes, yeah, she is. Yes, yeah, she is. God, she anyway. There. Anyway, let me move on uh, before I, I massively sport something. So I'm glad to shut up. Um, anyway, so yeah. Um, what have I been doing? So <laughs> My brain was like 24, 24, 24, 24, um, I'm tempted to watch it again, actually. Uh, anyway, let me, let me. Uh, anyway, so yeah. So uh, we've been doing a lot of re of course. Um, and then and over the weekend, I was just a bit like, do you know what? We should probably just go and do something. So Keris babysat for her sister on the Friday night. And they gave up. They they were like, oh, thank you so much. Here's some money. Because we had the kids here as well on the Thursday. So on Saturday morning, she went, do you want to go for breakfast? I was like, "Uh, yeah, I'd love to go for breakfast. So I went to the Drake Lounge for breakfast. And I had a bit, I had like the fucking whatever it was, the plate that's like ginormous, (laughs) like 15 quid breakfast. And I smashed it. And Keris couldn't eat all of hers, so I started to smash hers, and I got to, like, the last bit of bacon and toast, and I was like, I, I can't eat any more. <laughs> I- 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 I'm-, I'm too full, I'm going to be sick. <laughs> because, foolishly, I decided to have a beer, rather than an orange juice. Don't know why. I just went, I'll have a moretti, because I fucking love beer and maratti. Anyway, that's besides the point. So then, Saturday afternoon, we sat and chilled, we just watched a bit of TV, um... We finished Suspicion. What a fucking shit ending to a good show. Oh really? My God. I was like the show's great. It starts off weak, but it gets g- really good. Hmm. And at the end I was like, oh my god, here's the big reveal. Oh, that's the reveal. I
2: hate when that happens.
0: Uh, all right. And I was a bit like, oh, well, I'm disappointed. Should we go to TJ Fridays? I took her out for dinner. Um, because we haven't really we haven't been out in like eight months oh really well, i haven't taken up. i haven't taken up for ages because we've been saving for america it's just been so hard hey. um so we did that so we went to teach our fridays and then sunday we went for we went shopping we decided to have a bit of a shopping spree um we decided to go to cardiff and i got my beard lovely trimmed yes mm-hmm. yes yes because <laughs> i'm off to london trim. for work on i'm off to work on uh, to london for work on tuesday Um, So I wanted to at least look prim and proper because obviously it's quite a big event with a lot of big wigs and whatnot. Uh And I went and bought some new shoes slash trainer shoes. They're Etnis. They look like really nice shoes, but they're not, if that makes sense, like trainers, but they're, they're lush. And that was again for, for New York and because my trainers are dead um, and for, for work and stuff. So I thought, fuck it, I'll, I'll treat myself a little bit. So I did that. Um, and then it was NFL Sunday. Oh, I was NFL Saturday as well, but it was NFL Sunday, um, which is good. So I enjoyed that. So it's fucking division, it's the conference championships this week is Sunday. And then two weeks from the Super Bowl. All right. Oh, I was
2: only two weeks away.
0: No. Yeah. Rihanna's halftime, half-time show. And Chris Stapleton is doing the uh, national anthem. Nice. Um, so he's a country artist. He's a country um, But I'm not a big fan. It'd be great. I've just never, I listened to songs and been like, mm, not sold. Fair. Which is fair enough. Um, so we did that. So then obviously we've just been Rihanna in. And then we did a wonderful interview, which obviously you're about to hear in this episode on Monday night. And Jamie, here we are. Here we are indeed. Well, look at that. We're all caught up. Reckon we should uh,
2: check in with our, our friend over there.
0: We should absolutely. Come on, Brayden, what's Stay Cozy got going on? All right. Is this thing on? Well, howdy doody, everybody.
1: This is Brayden Barry from Say We Can Fly, founder of Stay Cozy Clothing. Your one-stop shop for the coziest, most fashionable hoodies, T-shirts, and more. Gorsh, Mickey? That's right, folks.
0: And we're proud to say that we are now sponsoring... The Chronicles of Podcast. Ouch. it by tom and jamie
1: <laughs> like you can get 10 percent off man
2: that's right shaggy just use the special code the
0: chronicles at checkout oh boy oh. jamie <laughs> yes sir it's time for your favorite segment of the week yeah, it it's is. time for Callum's treachings do you want to know something
1: Callum will be able to tell you in Callum's treachings.
0: It's cereal suit. Ooh. Well, Callum is back once again to treach the nation. So, without further ado, what is Callum treaching us this week? It's weird how normalized it is to travel down a road going 60 miles an hour, only a matter of feet away from a car going the other direction.
2: You know, that's a really good point. Well, consider that's how like, uncomfortable you are on the roads normally. That, oh. We should not have had that one.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, to be honest with you, I don't even think about it. I think because the barrier in the middle always makes me feel safe. It's the people that try and weave in and out that I don't like. But yeah. that's almost as pretty much close as when you go to a train station and they go, the train at Platform 1 is not going to slow down at all. Oh, and you're I like, oh, awesome. <laughs> So, yeah, it, thinking about it, it is pretty mental, really. Don't America just have freeways where you don't actually have any of that? They just, it's just, it, that's just yeah, how it is. Just as is, yeah. It's fucking it's insane.
2: insane yeah. But even 30 miles an hour, I know it doesn't sound that fast, but it is. And you're literally fucking next to each other going to that speed. You've only got to go, whoops. <laughs> and all hell is breaking. Yeah, is. I'm already terrified to learn to drive. This treat is not helping.
0: Yeah, it's. It, <laughs> I, I, I was, I was just, straight away. I thought of motorways. I didn't even think about country lanes and stuff. I remember oh, my I brother-in-law was, was taking was taking. I hate country roads. It was my brother-in-law was taking me home once, and um, he flew around this corner. It's literally one lane. Flew around the corner, car disappeared. I was like, "Fuck!" I, and my brother. This was even worse, and I went fucking apeshit at him. There's a there's a back road between Hucknall and Churchdown in Gloucester. Mm. Uh, which is all country lane but one part of it is like cliff edge only one part which when you come down then you come down the hill of Tucker from Churchdown my brother loved loves to mess around with his iPod picking songs when he's driving he was coming down this country lane quite quick and as he was getting to this corner bit where like if you don't turn you're off that cliff edge and he went oh what song should I choose and I was like "Joe," and he literally was like oh shit and then he went oh don't ever fucking go at me though I was like oh, you're a dick <laughs> Yeah, I know. Don't have a go at me for almost killing us, Jesus. <laughs> I get so sick and tired of people trying to change music and songs when they're driving, like, stop doing it, let, let the passenger do it. Yeah, I agree. Like, oh. I, don't, I don't want to die, thanks, I'm great. Uh, yeah, Should we move on? I don't like this one. <laughs> yeah, sorry. <laughs> uh, well, we digress, we'll move on. What yeah. else is Callum treating us? <laughs> it must have been really disappointing for the first human to discover the ocean to realise they couldn't drink it.
2: <laughs> oh, there is nothing worse than getting seawater in your mouth. What do you reckon they did? It's like, fuck it, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to, it. I'm going gonna... oh, to... Oh, it's, oh, it's so salty. I'm somehow even more thirsty after drinking that. Fuck, oh.
0: fuck, I'm parched. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even more, yeah, I'm even more person than I was before. <laughs> I just got this image of this like early Stone Age person drinking beer. Fuck, I'm patched. <laughs> <laughs> Do you reckon that's how they invented that stupid little silicon bag for microwaves? Maybe.
1: <laughs>
0: who ate that? Who, who oh, saw that no. and went, oh, a free meal? <laughs> oh, it's in
2: a microwave. I bet it's a microwave me.
0: Oh, like uh, why is there? Uh, obviously, there is a scientific reason behind it. And I was about to ask a really stupid question. I think why is the sea so salty? It's just like, could you imagine, man, at the beginning of life, just went ha ha, and just like, just jizzed everywhere, and that's what they all did. To be fair, there's bound to be a lot of fish jizz in that water. Yeah. Or shit! Imagine how long it takes to shit, and it always looks like a candy cane. Weird. <laughs> <laughs> My dad had fish years ago. That's why. <laughs> that's why. And it was just white and red and like, that's odd. And it takes like 15 years to get rid of it.
2: Oh, make me think of Christmas. <laughs>
0: this is so strange. But yeah, that is, that is shit. I'll just go for it anyway. Oh, oh now I'm dead because I, I actually didn't actually hydrate in any way, shape or form.
2: <laughs> oh, oh Nothing worse than seawater. Ugh.
0: This is making you... This is horrific creatures for you. It, yeah, it's just making me want to go cuddle myself in a corner. <laughs> let's uh, let's find out what he has for his last. And finally, Jamie, what is Callum us? week? this. In sitcoms, people never seem to go to work. And in crime dramas, people are always working and never seem to go home. <laughs> so true. It is so true. <laughs> the only time you ever see people in sitcom at work is if it is based at their work. <laughs> well, friends, they work, don't they? And it's all based in the bill apartment buildings. I don't watch it. Well, I don't like friends. It the only person we ever really saw at work was
2: Rachel when she worked in the coffee shop where they all hang out as part of the show. Other than that, you don't really see any of them. Again, okay. unless something's happening at their place of work, they're
0: never going I'm going to work now. Well, Frazier is a radio... He's at work all the time in mean, the radio station. I suppose not well, a lot, though. It's part the of his show. It's part of the show, isn't really. it? He's a radio host.
2: he very I'm going going to work now. Bye.
0: That's so true.
2: <laughs> and The crime drama thing. What makes me laugh is I was watching 24. I was on the last episode, I think it was, and I was going, do you know what? They've been here for 24 hours. They were up even longer than that before the episode started. They must be fucking knackered. Yeah. <laughs> They've been running around shooting guns, doing all sorts. They, I must be so tired. <laughs> the middle-aged man in me coming out and going, sod all this fighting terrorists, i just
0: need a nap now, I think. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> that's, that's blown my mind. I, I'm trying to debunk it and I can't. <laughs> you can't. <laughs> that what what a treat's to an end on, Jay. That I is like absolutely that. incredible. That, is that one didn't scare wonderful. me. Yes. <laughs> end on a high. End on a high. That was great. Top tier treats to end on. Top great. fucking tier. And now, I have to follow it. Yeah, please don't scare me. Time for Tom's Journal. Yeah, it is. And welcome to another edition of Tom's Journal. Not a strong opener, but we'll go with it anyway. Highly unfair... That humans aren't bioluminescent, if you ask me. (laughs) My proposed bug fixes for humanity (laughs) 2.0. Rework lower back to remove structural weakness. That I'm with. Heath, now regenerate. That I'm with. Remove redundant forms of hemoglobin. Fix feeling like you're falling when asleep glitch. Yes, that'd be nice. Optional bioluminescence. Fix allergy glitch. Hatch Out Mosquitos. What was the last one, sorry? Patch Out Mosquitos.
2: Yeah, get rid of them. Get rid of them. I, li- I like that. And yes, being bioluminescent would be pretty cool, to be fair. Especially for cyclists. I don't know,
0: I don't know what it means. I thought it was funny. you can oh, light up Okay. Okay, I say There we are. Jamie, what if your mental health had yearly wrap-ups like Spotify does? This year, you cried 1,183 times, hated yourself afterwards 617 times, avoided 17 social gatherings you were invited to, believed stone lies your anxiety told you, and vowed to try harder 9,342 times. Fucking brilliant. <laughs> I don't imagine what mama would be.
2: No, thank you. I don't want to read that back. <laughs>
0: <laughs> British people. Hey guys, um, we developed a thing called the metric system. Americans. Adult deer are as tall as a bicycle. They weigh as much as eight hundred hamburgers. <laughs> 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 I can't remember
1: who
2: it is. I think it's Kevin Smith, who basically measures everything in jaws. So it's like you know the shark from Jaws. Mm-hmm. Like a football field is four of the shark from Jaws. That's how he measures things. Because it's just how he sees it in his brain. Americans really need to learn the metric system.
0: They do. Yeah, they really do. Sorry. Um, so, I found someone had fake messages from Corey Taylor. <laughs> what? How do you know they're fake? So, this is a fake. These are fake messages from a fake person pretending to be Corey Taylor, right?
2: Okay.
0: First of all, his name is Corey Taylor one one one. Okay, and it says, "Hi, Happy New Year." No way. This isn't really Corey Taylor, is it? I'm from Slipknot. (laughs) Oh my God, it is you. (laughs) Put my fingers into
1: fries.
0: (laughs) (laughs) This one, I want to... I'm going to send you to put on the show.
2: Okay.
0: A brand new McDonald's sign in America. (laughs) They'd misspelt... The word Angus. And all it says is try the new anus pounder. That's what it does on the way out after
2: you've eaten it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, we can have A on there, fucking hey. Eh? The McDildo.
0: Jamie. <laughs> yes. Do bar staff in clubs have some sort of, like, special hearing? You order a drink and think, how the fuck did she hear that? I can't even hear my mate when he's shouting down my ear, for fuck's sake. <laughs> I have often thought that. <laughs> so when you say it, even you
2: can't hear it, and you're saying it, they're like, okay, they're, they're delivering it perfectly. Yes. Like, <laughs> it's
0: nuts. Like, how, how do you know what we're What the What the <laughs> ass? Like, there's someone like there, and you're like, I can't hear what you're saying, Dave, to be honest with you.
2: By <laughs> the bad time me and you have stood in the middle just, like, singing the completely incorrect song lyrics down each other's ears,
0: and we still can't fucking hear it properly. Yeah, you say yeah. to
2: someone at the bar what you want, <laughs> they're like,
0: no problem. <laughs> yes, yeah, mental. It's absolutely mental. Um, A waiter came by. I was like, oh, um, I see your glasses empty. Would you like another one? Like, Why do I want two empty glasses?
2: Fuck's sake. Oh <laughs> Christ. Oh.
0: So this is this is quite a weak journal so far. I'm not happy about this, Jamie. I need some laughs. I've been enjoying I need it. To get, I need to okay. get you really going. Okay. Bands are always like, big things brewing, I emoji. And it's always just songs or something. That's not big things. That's just what you did last time. I want the band to tweet, big things coming, I emoji. And a series of government buildings they explode. <laughs> I'd say to
2: be fair, we do that, but we don't explode government buildings as much as Tom would probably like to.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, Nick on the
1: <laughs>
0: I was in New York. <laughs> Back in our day, Jamie, there was so much toilet paper and eggs that we would throw them at the houses of our enemies.
2: I like, oh, never fucking did that
0: I never did it <laughs> oh yeah I used to hate Halloween because it was like trick or treat You're like treat I'm like oh we'll pelt your house anyway You're like why what is, <laughs> what is the point of it we gave you sweets fuck off
2: i <laughs> just never had that overwhelming urge to go buy a pack of eggs and throw it at people <laughs> maybe I'm weird
0: Mm, no. <laughs> uh, uh. so this is as close as we'll ever get jamie to hearing greek philosophers discuss macaulay culkin before some xa people constantly lied about their butt-sized preferences don't tell me lyrics can't change the world some xa responded in nineteen ninety-two, I felt it was absolutely necessary to expose the drawbacks of pancake ass while simultaneously pointing out the benefits of a juicy round mound.
2: I <laughs> oh, like more juicy round mound or pancake ass. Or <laughs> <laughs> the facts are so mixed a lot on Macaulay Culkin had a Twitter interaction. That's just
0: exactly great. Greek philosophers <laughs> discussing ass. <laughs> <laughs> He's right though, Jamie. When life gives you lemons, give the lemons back. Why were the lemons free? Is there something wrong with the lemons? Are (laughs) the lemons haunted? Be suspicious of the
2: lemons. (laughs) That's the most twenty twenty three reaction to that ever. (laughs) (laughs) Why are you doing something nice? What's wrong? What's going on here? (laughs)
0: Let me just check. Check the check. Where am at? Um, Yeah, I'll end there. Perfect. When to use the (laughs) mini-jog. Zebra crossing. Yep. Petrol station forecourt. Yep. Corridor of held doors open. Yes. Carter post box. Yes. Return in the supermarket trolley. Yes. After tripping over nothing. (laughs) And when the bus you're running for pulls away. Yes,
2: you just have to slow
0: down and just sort of
2: start it yeah. out. Like, oh, I didn't need it <laughs> that much. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> I like that tripping over one, though.
0: <laughs> tripping over yeah, yeah. <laughs> I do uh, that? Yeah. I that. I was listening to it. I was listening to it. Yeah, yeah it's fine. <laughs> it's part of the routine. If you hear weird noises in the night, simply make weird noises to assert dominance.
2: <laughs> As you know, I'm not going with this one because I'm not the one that wakes up the weird noises the night. Becky is. And if she hears a weird noise that just
0: starts going ga, 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 back or something, it's going to scare the shit out of me and wake up the kid. So don't do that. <laughs> but at least she's asserting dominance there. So, well, yeah. any of Lena's friends listen to this, make sure that's what you do. Assert dominance. If you hear a weird noise in the house, make the strangest, weirdest noise and wake up all of your parents and siblings. Yeah. Ah! <laughs> oh, wait. There's no falcons here. I don't know what I'm about. Um, Finally, Jamie, my bills are washed, my laundry is paid, clothes are baking, and dinner's in the dryer. I fucking got this.
1: <laughs>
0: I'll be honest, when you first
2: started, I was like, did he say that right? That's just where it's going?
0: <laughs> and finally, happy birthday to Edgar Allan Poe, And Dolly Parton. This was last Thursday. Working nine to nine for a man whose eyes are creepy. That's why I decide to assault him when he's sleepy. But his heart still beats in the floor. But where I said it, it's enough to drive me crazy if I let it. No, no, that's a bop. And I love it. Woman, cried I somewhat tearsome. Who are you to stand so fearsome with your wavy locks of auburn hair and eyes of emerald green? Quoth the woman, I'm Jolene. <laughs> I was like, where's this going? And I sort of tweaked as
2: you were saying it. And that was another edition of Tom's Journal. I like that. That was great. I never thought again. getting Edgar Allan Poe Dolly Parton crossover. I like
0: it. <laughs> I'm amazed. I read it and sang it perfectly as well because I just went on the yeah, not to like suck my own dick, but
2: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that was the greatest, Or most horrific thing I've ever seen.
0: (laughs) Don't watch YouTube this week, anyone. Don't watch YouTube,
2: (laughs) especially in his Small school friends.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is (laughs) it? Do not repeat, I admit, do not repeat.
1: <laughs> it's about getting into schools and talking to young people
2: because, you know, I, I know that people can change
0: uh, and, and it's about talking to people and getting them to understand and perhaps step back from violence and, and prejudice and whatever.
2: And We just need to work together and keep on the good fight there. Absolutely.
0: Hey there, guys, we are ecstatically happy to announce that we are associated with the Sophie Lancaster Foundation.
2: The times are changing, and with the unfortunate death of Sophie, those changes have made a massive impact for the future. If Sophie was with us still today, I can guarantee what you are doing will still be reaching so many lives of young teenagers, young adults, and those who wish to be as different as
1: possible. So thank you very much.
2: To find out more about this incredible foundation and all the work they do, and more importantly, how you can help, head on over to www.sophielancasterfoundation.com
0: So Jamie, um, should we uh, we bring him in? Oh, go on. Go on. Welcome to The Chronicles! Of Michael Aloisi.
2: Michael Aloisi is an incredible author. He's written books and stories all from his own mind, like Mr. Blue Stick, 50 Handfuls, and so many more. Not only that, he's worked with some incredible people like Kane Hodder, Tom Savini, to write their biographies. This is an incredible, incredible conversation. This is top
0: tier. We had so much fun doing this. You're going to love it. It is very much out the blue how great this is. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, if you expected horror stories, think again, people. Jamie! Yes, sir. Do you supposedly have any final words? Just a
2: massive thank you to our wonderful guests. Thank you for coming on and spending time with us. This is so much fun. And
0: everyone, enjoy it. Absolutely, Michael. Thank you for taking the time to speak to us. We enjoyed it thoroughly, and we're so excited to bestow it upon the world. Ladies and gentlemen, here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, interviewing this week, it's Michael Aloisi. Yeah. Hey there. There
1: Michael.
0: How you doing? You okay? Good. How are you? (laughs) Yeah, very well. Sorry. I was literally singing your name before you turned up. I don't know why. Um, I think, I don't know if it's a British thing. I'm not entirely sure. But I was literally just going... Michael, Halloween.
1: I quite like it. It really worked. I should hire you to introduce me for everything and be like,
0: Halloween. <laughs> yeah.
1: Um yeah, sorry,
0: I'll stop. I
2: was actually um, gonna confirm good. the pronunciation of the surname, but as he smashed it, I don't need to.
1: It's pretty good, it's pretty good.
0: I'm enjoying the uh, the flashing uh Funko pops behind you.
1: Yes, thank you, yeah. That's Those are awesome. my- childhood ones, the horror ones are everywhere else all over the place, but
0: yeah. Nice. Beautiful. Michael, thank you so much, my friend, for doing this. I really appreciate it. Well, we really appreciate I, you even. Sorry, Jamie. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it, too. This, this is uh, It's going to be a lot of fun. Basically, what we do is um, Jamie's going to do like a nice little introduction, make you feel quite at home, lure you in with that, that false sense of security, and then we're going to absolutely bombard the living hell out of your questions. How does that sound? Sounds good. I like it. I like it. Magnet. Shall I do my intro? Yes.
2: Ladies and gentlemen, today we bring you another wonderful guest who has dedicated his life to telling stories, whether they be his own, from his own beautiful mind, or from the stories of others. This man is an author, a publisher, and just so happens to be good friends with a serial killer. That statement will make more sense as we go on, I promise. Everyone, please join me as we bring you the Chronicles of
1: Michael Aloisi. Hello there. Thank you for having me. Thank you for joining no. us, sir. Yes.
0: Absolutely. How was uh how was your holiday season, Michael? Did you have a good Christmas and New Year?
1: Good, good, yeah. My my wife got COVID the day before <laughs> Christmas, so kind of kind of threw everything off a little bit, but you know, we <laughs> no. were, were able to, you know, get it done like a week later, but but it was nice.
0: That's rubbish. I'm so sorry.
1: Yeah, eh, was it, was it, could was have she been right she... Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, she was fine. I was just She's had a sniffle, but you know we had to keep her keep her away from the kids. You know, <laughs> <Yeah>. stay away. <laughs> yeah, like, get back. <laughs> no outbreaks um, here. Yeah,
0: uh, which leads me quite beautifully, actually, into how was your pandemic season? I know obviously it's still here, but like it's not as rife as it was
1: you know honestly as a writer the pandemic was nice for me because then you know i just got to stay home and and sit at my computer and and do stuff although i did not get nearly as much writing done as i thought i would because it's one of those things where it's like oh i have so much time i'm gonna get stuff done <laughs> and then i'm like oh crap i didn't do anything you know like that kind of thing but it was nice, you know because no one i knew got sick or had anything horrible and so it was just kind of a you know a nice year home of just you know doing housework and you know getting stuff done so, so it was decent yeah good
2: i love that it's like i've got plenty of time i'll start monday
1: yeah, nah, yeah i've exactly. still got loads yeah. more time i'll start next monday it's fine yep that's what it is over and over again that's what it was i'm, like, <laughs> oh, I'm gonna write this today i'm gonna do this and then i'm like oh I did this and around the house and, I'm, and nothing yeah Ugh. maybe
2: one so take us back, sir, to the days when you were a young boy. What did a young master Aloisi want to be when he was growing up? Was it always in the world of writing or something completely different? No, actually,
1: if you told a young me I was going to be a writer, I would have laughed and never believed it. Um, I struggled with reading. Um, I never liked to read. You would have to take my eyes open to read as a kid. Um, <laughs> and so it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, but Growing up, I, I changed what I wanted to be like every other week. And when I got older, I actually had a, a teacher. We had like a career development class in high school that was helping to figure out what you want to do. And I explained, she's like, what do you love? And I'm like, well, movies. And she helped me realize that every time I wanted to be a different thing, like one week I want to be FBI agent, one week I want to be this. And it was because it was the movie, whatever movie I was in love with at that time was, was what I wanted to be. And so she's like, well, why didn't you just uh, go to school for movies? And I was like that's a thing we can do, you know, cause back, <laughs> back in the nineties, I didn't realize that was like, you know, a possibility. Now every single kid in the world has cameras and is a filmmaker. Um, and so I was oh, like, yeah. hmm, interesting. So I went to school for, to make movies. Um, and slowly as I was making, uh, you know, in film school, I loved it, but I realized I didn't love the technical aspect. Like, you know, I didn't have to like having to get the camera lens and figure out the lighting and angles and all these things. And I realized that I was helping everyone with their stories and the writing and all that kind of stuff. And so when I graduated, I kind of transitioned over to, to writing. Um, I thought I was going to write screenplays. Uh, but then I got stuck writing my first screenplay and I was like, you know what, maybe I'll write this out as a story. It'll help me flesh it out. And so I started writing it as a book and never went back from there. I just kept writing from there and went back and got my master's. Actually I got my master's in England, um, over there. Yep. And, uh, and been doing it ever since.
2: That's amazing. I love how you went
1: following one passion, and went actually. Now I'm going to turn the corner. I like this a bit more. Exactly. Yeah. Well, that passion led to you know led me to the true passion. But then I, but I, but I mix in the movies by all the things I do. Is so, you know I still work with movie related things, which is cool.
0: That's absolutely. I think it's, it's it's difficult, isn't it, when you're like a teenager growing up into like a young
1: adolescent to be like, what do you want to do with your life? Um, yeah, exactly. I yeah. don't know. <laughs> yeah I, I I teach filmmaking um to high schoolers and it's it's funny because when it comes time for applying to colleges so many kids you know they, they get that pressure of you know what are you gonna do what do you, you have to pick a degree you have to pick a school you have to pick a school and so many of them are like just they have no clue you know and there's so few degrees that are just general degrees you know and everyone's like oh you shouldn't get yeah. a general degree because then it doesn't and so they're all like that panic they're like what do I do you know <laughs> Yeah. i'll go here I'll be fine yeah, like i have to decide my whole life right now you know yeah. I, I don't want to be a doctor but i'm going to medical
0: school it, yes. it's something I'll I'll it. see, there you go. yeah the thing yeah. that <laughs> makes
2: me laugh at that as well is you know you go into education to learn how to do something but you don't really know if you're going to enjoy it because i went yeah, to exactly, college yeah. to study to be a chef i did a year working as a chef and i thought like, this is yeah. the worst decision of my life
1: <laughs> get me out of here yeah that's what's funny because I, I thought I wanted to be a cook at, at one point and I worked in a restaurant as a teenager and I loved it. But then by the time I was like 16, 17, I realized I hadn't been home on a holiday for, for four years. And I was like 17. You know, I'm like, I haven't been home for Thanksgiving, for New Year's, for any because we had to work every holiday. I smelled like fish every day when I came home, oh. you know, and worked every weekend. And I was like, I'm 17 and, and I'm already cranky about this. Maybe I shouldn't do it being a cook, you know, okay. <laughs> yeah. But I still love cooking, just just not for, you know, not for a living. Just at home. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: So one thing I've always admired writers for is their ability to, like, have an idea and then be able to translate that into a story on the page. It's something my brain just will not allow me to do. Did that come, like, natural to you with learning, or was that something you had to, like, really
1: focus on and teach yourself? Um, for me, that that's just – it's just natural, just the way it happens. Um like, I didn't realize, like, growing up, I used to just write down stories, having no clue I was being a writer or wanted to be a writer. But I would just be so bored in someone's class, like a teacher's class, that I would just write a story to tell myself because I was bored. Uh, so looking back, I'm like, oh, I was writing back then, but it didn't, con- you know, there was no concept. But for me, it's, I start with, like, one line, and, like, like, and then it just it just comes out nonstop, you know, comes out until it's done. You know, I'm not one of those writers who uh have like a you know a big board with all the the written out plot points and all these things mm-hmm. it's now i'm i'm like stephen king has in his book talks about it it's a like a fossil to where you just have like a little tip of something poking out and you're like ooh that's an idea and you just keep on on you know unearthing it until so you get it out and you're like ah that's a this dinosaur you know that kind of thing <laughs> that's so it's cool made, yeah just kind of always just comes out kind of thing so yeah
0: I love I love the idea of you sitting there going like and then he got out the knife. It could be
1: his mother. Yes. <laughs> it <is. laughs>
0: I think, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it is. When, as, when I'm writing, it's literally like one of the most enjoyable things to me writing because it's like watching a movie that I'm part of because I'll sit there and also like, oh my God, I didn't know that was going to happen. You know, I like, <laughs> oh, yeah, like, keep typing. and I'm like, this is so exciting. Then I'll run to my like, <laughs> like my wife or somebody like, you don't understand. I just did. And they're just like, okay. You know, like they don't get it because I'm like, yeah, but it's so cool. You know? My brain
2: yeah, is amazing. Yeah. Why don't you appreciate it?
1: Exactly. I'm like, this was genius. <laughs> 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 like, you need to appreciate this more.
2: <laughs> so you said you studied film and then went to do your master's in it. What did you do your master's in? So-
1: uh, it's a master's in creative writing. So it's an MFA, which is higher than an MA, which uh-huh. at that's, least that's how they pitched it to us. I don't even know what the difference is, but you know. <laughs> yeah, creative writing. So it meant that we we went to uh, uh, an abbey, in a thousand year old abbey, in the middle of a, a tiny town where I still had thatched roofs, I'm and so in. we had this giant like mansion, and we would sit there next to a fireplace that was taller than me, and everyone would drink wine and eat cheese all night and talk about uh, books. Of course, I don't drink, so I just ate the cheese. But that was the the master's program, which was, was really kind of a cool experience, you
0: know. I, saw, I mean, i be there for the cheese. Like, screw yeah, the writing. Exactly. <laughs> like, <laughs> the cheese. Yeah. is it coming back darling lovely lovely yes (laughs) yep so
2: what i could tell from my research your first published work was mr blue stick is that right
1: uh close that was my second one 50 handfuls was my first one okay the timeline i I got the timeline completely wrong with (laughs) no no they're they're close they were close together yeah (laughs) so
2: 50 handles did you say sorry yep so was that the first story that you'd written or was that just the first one that was published?
1: Uh, it was the first one that I, I wrote. That was a full length thing. That was the the script. I was trying to write this that script and I was so stuck and so stuck that I was like, I'm going to write it out. And it just became uh, a weepy drama, which is, you know, now I'm 80% horror What is what I do. But when I was just writing that, it was just the story that was stuck in my head that I wanted to write. and And that's what came out was the, A weepy drama, which which everyone still loves, you know. The people who have read it and stuff, so which is good. Actually, it just um, it just got picked up to be translated uh, into Danish. I think that's the language. What do they speak in in? uh, Wow, I'm I'm good at pitching my own stuff here. Holy cow! (laughs) What do they speak in? Denmark, Belgium, (laughs) Belgium? Denmark, yeah, Denmark, Belgium, yeah, Danish, Danish, yeah, Yeah, Belgian is Belgian, yeah, Yeah.
0: (laughs) yeah. And then yeah, Denmark's Danish.
1: Yeah, so I so was... they're just getting translated into Danish. That one and Mr. Blue Stick are both um getting translated into Danish in uh in the end of this year and then early next year, they will come out. So yeah. That's awesome. Just... awesome. I love
0: yeah. I really love the look of pieces. I was reading the uh the little blurby bit about pieces, and I quite like the idea of it. So I'm actually quite tempted Thank to you. pick that bad boy up. Um yeah, I like the be... idea of like serial killer that sent let's chop to 30 pieces, 30 boxes. 18 yep. founders right? yeah 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 yep. yeah yeah
1: so the I mean, girl, ripped. cuts her up pieces mails it around the uh, country to random places and then 18 are turned into the police immediately and then 12 aren't and then um the book is basically um about the 12 pieces that weren't turned in and so the kind of short story is about like the like why these people didn't turn in these body parts um and that mixed with like a through line of the serial killer and a reporter that he's taunting um, and I wrote that oh. with Rebecca Roland, who's uh, an amazing horror writer who's done really well and stuff. So yeah, it's it's one of my favorite books because I think it's the best, my best writing because she pushed me to do uh, to write better. And um, I think it's really kind of fun and interesting. I love the concept of just you get a body part in the mail. What do you do? You know that kind of thing. I wonder what I'd do. I'm just thinking. Of, what, exactly. what, do I do? What, yeah. what would you yeah. do? What would you do? Know? <laughs> Screaming. The normal person would call the call and be like, uh, "Excuse me, please." But, but the people in the book don't do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> and where does the name author Mike? Because if fans know you as author Mike, I, I'm, I'm, I've do, got a feeling yeah. I know where this is going. But
1: <laughs> it, it's, when- it's mostly because my last name, no one can pronounce it, um, <laughs> and so when I was first starting to do writing, I was like, well, "I don't want to put Aloisi, you know, .com or, or this and that." And so when I was picking a website, I was like, "I need something that's easy to say to people." And so, it just came out as author Mike, and it kind of can became a brand now. So, so it works.
0: That's awesome. But you've you've got three books under Michael Gore.
1: Yes. Yep. So those so what- those are my creepier, gory short stories, which which the oh, stuff okay. I love to write. Um, but it's under Michael Gore because uh, because of the first couple of books, the Mister Blue Stick and the Fifty Handfuls and White Ash, um, had a very strong middle aged women fan base. And I didn't want them picking this up, going, "Oh, it's another book by him." You know, picking <laughs> out, you know, and be like, "Like, what the heck is this?" You know. So, so that's my my area where I do kind of really gory, gross things and stuff. Yeah.
0: Oh, fair play! You're actually, looking out for your fans. That's a, that's awesome.
1: I try, <laughs> you know, that's I try. great. <laughs>
2: It's funny because when Oof. I was reading like some of the Amazon reviews on some of your books, there was quite a few that were like, "Oh, me and my friends read this in book club and we absolutely
1: loved it." <laughs> yeah, that's the that's the those are the fifty handfuls, Mister Blue Sick ones. Yeah, there's not many horror book clubs, which kind of makes me sad. I wish there was more, you know, because there's not many horror fans sitting around going, "Let's read this together," you know. Unfortunately, make it
0: possible Yeah, hundred yeah, percent. Awesome. Really right. Yeah. should I actually get yep. they'd be like have you read Orthodox books Or Michael god either or if you've, you've got, got radio, read them. Yeah,
1: have you read the- yeah <laughs> I like the one where the skin starts pulling off and I- <laughs> <laughs>
2: <Yeah>. <laughs> so where do you get your ideas for your stories because obviously you said you've done like a horror there's a, people, books appealing to middle-aged women all sorts of different sort of stories where do you get your ideas from is so
1: my Brain is weird. Um, it's constantly, it's constantly like paranoia, um, and just I think a childhood of not having friends and watching a lot of television um, to where ev- every single thing is just a story to me. To where, like you know, my wife and people who know me get annoyed because I'll look at something like everywhere. You know, I'll go out somewhere and I'll look and I'll go. There's a bag. Someone left a bag over there. I bet you there's severed hand in it you know just like just random you know like whatever and then like what are you talking about the freaking bag and then you know someone picks it up i go oh i go my idea was better you know then then that's <laughs> doing, you know? so yeah so it's just literally i have a list of i have a file with over 280 story ideas that are in it because wow. every day there's something I'm like ooh, what if that happens i mean most of them are just a sentence or two you know but they're literally just i look at something i go ooh, what is that and then i think about something like mr blue stick um which is about uh, a little girl who um, has an imaginary friend and then it ends, she disappears and everyone realizes that it wasn't an imaginary friend. Um, that oh. was started, yeah, creepy. Uh, it's not a really scary <laughs> story, that was a horror <laughs> drama. Um, that started, I was on a train. Um, cause I'm from Massachusetts and I lived in New York at the time and I was going back to New York and I'm just sitting there, it's nighttime and I'm looking out the window and I saw a bright blue light in the middle of the woods. And I was just like, what the hell was that? And so I just wrote an entire book about what that blue light was in the woods. I mean, just a, a split second thing I saw, but it was something that stuck in my head. I'm like, I can't figure out what that was. It was so you know, a whole book comes from a, a split second thing like that. So wow. So yeah. why did why did the horror the love of horror come from? Then was that movies growing up? That that was growing up. I mean, when I was young, I was petrified of horror movies, like to where like, and I, I remember it was kind of a weird thing. I remember being like six or seven and seeing a guns and roses poster and being like, Oh, freaking out. Cause it was skulls. Cause it was oh, like, yeah. like, a oh, skull oh, and like yeah. guns. And so I was like, Oh, that must be scary. You know, <laughs> like looking back now, I like, oh, was stupid, but I was petrified of horror. Um, and then I went over a friend's house. I want to say when I was like, like 13 and his friend's mom rented Friday, 13th park three. And I was like freaking out. So I sat on the couch way back with like a pillow and I'm like acting like, you yeah, know, it's no big deal. And then as I started watching it, I'm like, boobs. All right. You know, I got like (laughs) a little closer and I'm like, this is kind of cool. And it became, it opened this door of like, wow, this is really cool. You know? And so I just became this obsession to where by the time I was like 16, 17, my whole room was, you know, all horror posters (laughs) and, you know, and figurines and stuff like that. And it's been a lifelong obsession. Like I can't turn my computer, but if you have a life-size Frankenstein over there, I got Monsters everywhere and hockey masks and all kinds of stuff. Oh, you see him behind me, the little zombie and stuff and all the stuff everywhere. But yeah, so it just became a, a lifelong of, um love of, of horror movies and horror stuff.
2: I just I love the answer was essentially yeah. boobs, Boobs.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like ooh, boobs. <laughs> that's what that's what got me go, wait a minute. All right, I'll look at this, I'll watch this. <laughs> I
2: could put it with blood and go for boobs, come on. Exactly. <laughs> When? Absolute when. <laughs> as, as I said in my intro, you've not only released your own stories, but you've worked with other people to tell their stories. The one, yep. of the books that really stood out to me, and that was Arm Candy. Because yes. I'll be honest, I wasn't 100% sure if this was a true story. Is these real stories? This is re- all real happened.
1: Yeah, so Arm Candy, I co wrote with uh, Chris Guida. And so his. His job was a unique Hollywood job, to where he was a a celebrity escort, not the way you're thinking. He was an <laughs> escort to where, um, at like uh, the Academy Awards, the Golden Globes, like big fancy parties, he would meet the celebrities on the red carpet, bring them to where they're supposed to be for like their interviews, usher them to their seats, take them to the after parties. He would sit in their seat when they were up on the stage, you know. So he would escort them through all these parties. And so it was a, a unique story about his crazy life of working with everyone, every different celebrity in the world and kind of the behind the scenes of this, this world of uh, award shows and stuff like that. Um, and so it was interesting because uh, big publishers wanted his book, but all they wanted was to have dirty like, gossip and so he's like, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm like, it's just, you know, I'm going to tell you what I saw, but I'm not going to just go and be like, and then I saw this guy do coke over here. You know, it's like, <laughs> it, it was more of just about this career and these cool things he did and stuff. And so um, so I ended up getting to, to write it with him. And, um, you know, it, it's an interesting story, uh, but it did huge for me because it, um, it was on Entertainment Weekly. It was on the cover of uh, Vogue in Italy. It was on uh new york post and the main thing he was on like every single tv show ryan seacrest did a whole thing about it on e-news i mean it was a it was a big deal for me so it was kind of cool getting it all over the world seeing it and stuff
0: and it was weird
1: though at the same time being like that's i i did that yeah yeah exactly it's yeah cool, yeah <laughs> you know, my name's not on the cover which is fine because we co-wrote it so it's on the inside but it's still something i did you know all over the place and yeah you know, yeah
0: doesn't matter. It's still there, regardless if it's on the outside or inside or whatever. Exactly. It's still so, there. Okay. It's still your work. Yeah. Yep. How, what's What's it like co-writing? Because I, I can imagine it's either a lot of, we like this, but we're this, but we're this, but we're this, but this, Well, like this idea.
1: So there's different types of co-writing. I've only co-wrote with him um, and then um, with Rebecca. Rebecca and I have a good way of, of writing to where um, we kind of take pieces of things. And like, you know, she does this part, I'll do this part, that kind of thing back and forth um with him he kind of wrote a draft and then i went in and then restructured it and wrote a lot more oh, said, okay hey, we need to add more here add more this you know this and that kind of stuff and kind of worked well together i haven't had any situations to where butt heads was anybody yet so which is good but What's yeah so i kind of find a good good way to work with people usually
0: nice
2: I was gonna say because I imagined with things like that, it'd just be someone sat there like Tom was saying,
1: and, you go, and then I did this, and then I did this, and then I did this. It's like slow down, I can only write so well, fast. It, it, it's super hard doing a biography. Like, like I love the what the biographies are when they're done and the, and like the things I've gotten to do because of biographies. But doing them is really hard because a lot of times it's literally someone will say, um, especially when when they're not writing I'm just the biographer totally, and they're just telling me their story. A lot of it is like Oh, and then I walked into the room and I saw this. And I'm like, okay. And I have to turn that into four pages. You know, like just like this one little antidote. I have to figure out, okay, okay. And I have to research where it was, you know, what the what the place looked like at that decade. And then try to put in like, you know, like when I walked in, I smelled the brassy smell of, you know, whatever. And try to make it into a story. Because, you know, in reality, all it was, you know, not always it was. But, you know, I'm trying to bring the reader to feel what it was. When they're telling me just, you know, I walked into a room, X, Y, Z happened, walked out. And I have to add in all of that stuff and do research and stuff. So it's, when I do biographies, it's work. You know, it's literally mm. research, figuring this out, trying to figure this out. When I do fiction, it's fun for me because then it's just, I don't have to do that I just go, Wee! you know, just keep letting go and stuff. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I yeah. suppose they're both like really creatively fulfilling in very different ways. What's that? I suppose they're both like writing fiction and biographies, although they're essentially writing a book, I bet they're both creatively fulfilling in
1: different ways. Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're the same thing, but very different. Yeah. So, you know, in the end you you have a book, you know, you have a book <laughs> at the end, you know, and so it's still the same kind of thing, and, you know, and the, the cool thing with biographies is that people connect to them more because they're, they're a real life story and they'll be able to talk to either me or to the, the subject of the book and be like oh my god I you know my cousin with you same thing or I did you know this happened to me and you know they, they kind of have a lot more deeper connection than, than fiction obviously fiction and people enjoy it and can connect with it hmm. but when people know it's a true story and can connect more it kind of has a little bit more of a, a bond and stuff
0: I like the idea when you do an arm candy of you going like so then I drove him around there did he put his teeth out uh, n- n- no no we just went to an award <laughs> ceremony then he dropped his leg off No. no. Then this happened. What? (laughs) Was there a bag? (laughs) bag I know I saw one. (laughs) And it did have a seven hand. No way. (laughs) Really?
1: I knew it.
2: I suppose we had better talk about the hockey mask, machete wielding elephant in the room. Yeah. So you've had a great working relationship with Jason Voorhees himself, Kane Hodder, Mm -hmm. right? Three books of Kane. Did you know each other before working on Unmasked, or did you meet when working
1: on the book? Nope, not at all. Um, Just growing up, I was a huge, you know, horror fan. Like I said, Um, I had little Jason figures of all Kane's movies. You know, had the Uber Jason and all those in my dorm room, which which always looked weird when girls come over and just look at all my monster and horror figures. They're like, I'm gonna get killed, you know. Um, (laughs) know? So I always had, uh, you know, I was a huge horror fan and I just started my writing career. I had like one or two books out or three books out about that time. And I took a break from writing one day and I watched um, a horror movie and it was Ed Gein, um, which Kane plays Ed Gein in the movie. Hmm. And there's a scene in it where he has his shirt off um, and he had burn scars all over his body. And I was like, oh, those are real. And I'm like, I remember hearing something about that. And so I looked it up and I was like, trying to find the story. I'm like, I wonder if he has a biography. And I looked and I found that he didn't. And I was like, I'm going to write him a proposal. Random stupid idea in my head. Never did a biography before. I was like, I'm just going to write a proposal. So I put together a little proposal, found a a contact online, and I sent it to him. Never thought anything of it. I was like, "Eh, yeah, that's never going to happen. But whatever, it was fun. And then all of a sudden, one night at 10 o'clock at night, because he he was in a different time zone, um, my phone rings for a blocked number. And I'm like, so I answered. And he's like, Mike, this is Kane Hodder. I go, okay. I was, like, <laughs> he was just like, no, this is Kane Hodder. I go, uh, what? Uh, Yes, hi, what? And I'm like, my wife's not going, you know, I'm like freaking out. I'm like, uh, yeah, what's going on? You know, I was like trying to like act normal. And so he he liked my proposal. Um, he had offers from, from big publishers at the time um but he was really worried about um being uh kind of sanitized because he's very crass and he's you know and he didn't he read some other of his friends biographies at the time and they were kind of just like and then i did this with this celebrity and they were kind of like very just like hey name dropping and this and that mm. um and he didn't want that and i said look i said this book will not come out until you are 100 happy with the content you know this and that and so he's like okay and so we went back and forth for a while He agreed to do the book. Um, And then the first time I ever met him was to start working on the book. We met up in uh, uh, Lake George. He was doing a ghost hunt type of thing. And we met and we just hit it off and became incredible friends. And we're still, my God, I'm like looking over here, like there's a calendar. There's nothing. Um, (laughs) And then like (laughs) 13 years later now, we're, we're, you know, we're basically best friends to where, you know, we still talk, you know, on a regular basis. We hang out whenever we can and stuff. And, you know, and, He's, you know, talks to my wife and my kids all the time. He's just kind of part of the family. So it's kind of a it was a weird journey of a complete stranger, took a chance doing a pitch, and then you know, we've had a crazy relationship, you know.
0: I love the way life works sometimes. Like yeah. it's just incredible, yeah. isn't it? It's, funnily enough, and I I'm so sorry to just bring this on to me for one yeah. second. But the same I interviewed someone three interviewed someone three years ago who I like worshipped growing up, and now we're best friends. It's really uh-huh. weird, isn't it? How like yeah. Yeah, how, how it just yeah, because not for a split second where you there going? <laughs> it's obviously Kane Hodder right here. So yeah, yeah. just bear me one minute, You know, Kane Hodder.
1: Well, it, Hodder it, yeah, it's funny because <laughs> like I've now worked, I've either met, worked with, or hung out with every horror star there is, pretty much. And you know, knowing like having some of them on my speed dial, and like every once in a while, I have to stop and go. Wait a minute, I just talked to you know Tom Savini today. I talked to Kane Hodder today. I talked to this person. Just you know, emails this <laughs> and that. And I'm like holy crap if my like 20 year old <laughs> self you know if like would have died it was actually the first horror convention i ever went to um i had my crystal lake memories book which is a big you know the complete edition of the Friday 13th stuff and there was four jasons there and i got them to sign all the books and i'm like freaking out this is like the greatest day of my life and i literally turned to my wife uh, like before we left and i just said if i could just meet kane hotter i'll die happy like, like, just that. Just meet him. And then, you know, then I'm like, and then like 10 years later, I'm like, ah, oh, kane has gone. Like, what? You know, like, you know like, like A weird kind of, you know, story of going from, you know, like literally going to die just to meet him to like, oh, yeah, Kane's hanging out in the house. You know, like, yeah, it's just so weird. Crazy. This you tell
2: us you still haven't got him to
1: sign that book. Yeah, yeah. Actually, no, I did. I did get him to sign. I was like, I was like, Wait, is I think what, when I first you ever... started it, he did it. Have you ever thought of a
0: Korean comedy? just just asking I
1: I like doing uh, like improvy goofy stuff I always wanted to but I'm too too much anxious of a person too much uh too so much really? social anxiety and panic to do things like that but but I always oh, wanted so- it
0: sorry it's just just the vibe I'm getting off you from everything that we've talked about stuff that like, I'm just like you are one hilarious dude like I, like, I'm, yeah, I'm, I, I am very
1: I'm very goofy yes
0: I love it but it brings me on to my next question um I Watched you try and hand feed a lion. Yes. <laughs> now, <laughs> the part before said you were attacked by an elk. It's so a good yeah. job they weren't the other way around, That's for starters.
1: Yes. But, oh my God. <laughs> would be here, yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> really?
0: That lion was hungry. Oh my. I am not surprised you absolutely capped yourself trying to give it. Is it chicken or so, was it some sort of meat?
1: They were frozen chicken legs. Yeah, because they like to chew on them, I guess. The, so the, the funny thing with that is, is we went to this amazing animal sanctuary, um, me and Kane, uh, and we're on the book tour and we're just filming what we did. And they let us literally go in the cages with animals, do all kinds of stuff. And it's a really cool place to where, um, you know, they saved animals that were people tried to take as pets. Like actually the, the tigers there, I think the tigers were Mike Tyson's. They were Mike Tyson's old tigers that he had. Um, yeah, exactly. Cause they, you know, he wasn't allowed to keep them or whatever. But, um, it was the only time that kane is the toughest human I've ever met in my life like we've walked through haunted houses and he just walks through and he's like eh, that's cool eh. <laughs> like, nothing phases him and that was the only time I ever saw him go holy crap because when that when those tigers stand up they're freaking they're ten feet tall so i'm I'm six two you know and kane's same height as me and the freaking tigers are towering over this with the paws the size of our heads and we're like Oh my god, you know, like and getting that <laughs> close to it is like, oh, and it's like you're trying to hand it to it, and you're like, oh god, you know, <laughs> you know it's, just, it's terrifying, but but amazing experience, you know, to be that close to them, you know.
0: Yeah, but what blows my mind even further is somebody wanted that lion as a pet, Michael. Someone <laughs> exactly. to keep that lion
1: in their house. Exactly. And that's the whole point of the, like those sanctuaries is to say, hey, look at these aren't pets, you know, like don't Ooh. do this, you know. And it's sad no. how many how many sanctuaries are like that around there that people take in these animals that people are like, Oh yeah, I'm gonna love this thing, you know. Just dumb. Yeah. Yeah. Oh massively. Yeah.
0: Oh look at this little lion couple look how cute it is. Yeah. <laughs> give it a give it a couple of years and then we'll see how cute it is then. Yeah.
1: <laughs> we had a if you're around to tell us. Yeah, we had a guy two years ago around here who uh he had a pet alligator and it got out one day and people were like, Oh, is there an alligator? Yeah, and it's like he's like, I love it, you can't take it away from me. It's like alligator. You know it's like it's like <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah. You might love it, but it's looking at you going, Oh, God, I'm starving. Yeah, he's like, Just yeah. feed me. You don't-, yeah.
0: <laughs> you
2: don't feed me, I'm gonna eat
0: you. <laughs> yeah, feed me. Yeah. Feed me you. I eat you.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's that story about anaconda, isn't there? Someone kept like a massive anaconda or something, and it wouldn't eat anything, like it starved itself for ages. And basically, it was trying to stretch itself out so it could eat her. <laughs>
1: Getting you know, it's- ready, it's like, that's gonna be a good meal. You know? <laughs> <laughs>
2: This lady thinks we're friends. No, she didn't. Yeah, exactly. i
1: yeah. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> getting nice until it's ready. You know. Eat more Oreos. Here you go. You know, <laughs> <laughs> Not nudging those over.
2: Like, yeah. <laughs> uh. Snake just passing the snacks. Yeah. I don't want it. You eat it. You eat it. Honestly, it's fine. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm watching what I eat at the minute. <laughs> But as we just mentioned then, but with feeding the the lions and whatnot, I love the fact that you wrote this book with Kane and then we're like, let's go on a book tour. Actually,
1: I'm going to write, we're going to write about the book tour as well. Yeah, so so what happened originally was Kane works complete opposite. So where Kane is, I mean, he's literally jumped out of a moving helicopter onto a moving train. Like, I don't think you can get, what? yeah, exactly. Like, I don't think you can get more insane than that. Like, that is the craziest stuff. And they had to do it like five times in the movie when they filmed it. Um, yeah, exactly. And I'm like, I'm scared of my shadow type of person too. I'm like, ah, you know, no matter what it is, I'm scared of it. And so we just have this crazy odd couple relationship and he's nuts. Like he's, he's awesome, but he's nuts. Like he'll do anything to make someone laugh or just to make them get scared. Like I've seen him, like we were at a place once and there was a phone at a convention behind him and the phone rings and he just rips the phone off the wall and hands it to somebody, you know, and it's just like, you just rip the phone off the wall, but you know, he's Kane Hodder. So he gets away with it. But like, so we had this odd couple relationship to where um, we were always doing just weird, funny things. And so I started a blog, keeping fans up to date about writing the book. And the blog was read in 50 countries a week. So I was like, you know what, let's release it as a book. So we released it as a book. And then we were going to uh, do the book tour. I'm like, you know what, let's just bring a camera guy with us. We'll film, we'll film whatever crazy stuff that we're going to do in each town. Um, And so that became the TV show. And then I wrote another book about the, uh, you know, the, the whole tour and all the different things we did. And so we've had many, many adventures together. So it's been it's a little crazy.
2: That's insane. For people listening to this, though, who who have no idea what a road trip with Kane Hodden must look like, apart from feeding lions, what other sort of stuff did he make you do?
1: Uh, I mean, we did everything from, uh, we do like competitions where we played uh, Kegel, some bowling in Germany. I think it's called Kegel or something like that. And we bet each other hit someone had to eat uh, liver type of thing. And then we broke into a castle in Germany, which scared the crap out of me, breaking into a castle. It was closed, and we broke into an old castle in Germany. Probably could have got arrested. Um, <laughs> we shot machine guns, um, like because I've never touched guns before. And he made me go to a gun range, and we shot all kinds of machine guns. We drove dune buggies through the desert um, in, in Nevada. Uh, we went to an ice bar to where it was 30 below, and we dared each other so you can go the longest without wearing the coats and gloves that you're supposed to wear, and then broke broke ice glasses on our heads, and uh, all kinds of crazy, weird things throughout their, our adventures. And you just wanted to meet him that one time. Exactly. All I wanted was the one autograph. And I'm getting slammed and attacked by elk, and things broken on my head. <laughs>
2: I can't help but think, though, you've done all these things, and the part of me is like, why would you do that? And I'm like, yeah, hey, Kane Hodder
1: told you to, that's why you do it. I'm well, like- it's funny because I always, I always say that to my wife because she's like, you don't do things like that. I know. I'm like, I know, but Kane, Kane wanted me to do it. And she's like, <laughs> so, and I'm like, yeah. You know,
2: <laughs> <laughs> is there anything you actually did say no to?
1: Uh, I don't know. There, there has to be somewhere. There has to be something. I mean, the only thing he doesn't, he's never getting me to do is drink. I've never drank alcohol in my life. And so every time, my entire time we go everywhere we go, he's like, "Mike, come on, you gotta drink a drink for me. You gotta have a drink for me. Come on, come on." That's the only thing I've never done. It was it was bad play? Yeah,
0: yeah, fair play. No, I admire that massively. I
1: really do, especially with, reason the, reason with the, the alcohol just, culture. Uh, no, no reason. I just, I just never drank. I was a wuss as a child, just scared to you know, do something wrong and drink, and I just became a a thing where I just never drank. Yeah. Fair I'd probably have a be a lot more relaxed person if I do it. <laughs> yeah, you know, but then I'd be like a really good writer because I'd be like that one, you know, the typewriter with the drink and the cigarette, I'd be like yeah, like five hundred stories, thinking it's really good, but like it's great.
0: Like, <laughs> you wake but up, be like,
2: it's literally just letters. I have no idea what it says. Uh...
1: <laughs> so
0: I've crazy. had this idea. It's about a <laughs> frog and a caterpillar. And they go to Disneyland, all right? And then basically and it's just like a like slur at the end. It's like there's just like the trails off. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um in 2009, you started your own publishing company uh called AM Inc. and Dark Ink Publishing. What made you wanna wanna start that?
1: Uh so I was I was teaching a writing class um for adults. And having gone to the master's program, there was so many things I was reading from from students and, you know, people I went to the program with that I loved and I thought were awesome, but they weren't getting stuff published. And, you know, and then looking into the industry, figuring out, you know, it's like, you know, obviously writing like books are an industry. They, They need to make money on things, you know, and so lots of times, even if something's good, it gets turned down just because they don't know what the market is or, you know, they don't think they'll make enough money on the book. And so I was like, kind of fed up with that. And I was like, you know what? I want to start something to where the stories I like, we can put out and start and, you know, create things. Um, I was really naive by starting a company thinking, you know, like, yeah, I'll just do this. Not realizing it would be, you know, encompass my entire life and be 13 years later now and doing, you know, we've done over a hundred different books, you know, with three You're different imprints. Really. Um, you know, it became something that was, was awesome for me. It's, it's very fulfilling to where, you know i can help people become from going from a writer to a published author uh you know and get to see our books all over the world and you know get get awards and get all kinds of stuff done um so it just came became something i thought would be a cool idea and something like a fun hobby that turned into a you know a full-time awesome thing
0: yeah and i salute you for it massively thank
1: you yeah it was, yeah it's awesome Either and we'll I, get... I want to quit every other day but it, it's <laughs> like, <laughs> rewarding <laughs>
2: But imagine Oof. though that being a published all for yourself to give other writers that opportunity to be published themselves, that's an incredible thing not only to exactly, do for yeah. them, but that must be feel amazing to give people it, that opportunity.
1: It is, it's cool. It's also good to crush people's souls when I say no. No, it's uh, you know, <laughs> Like no. no, no. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Oh, story um, idea. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> I just started the publishing I just <laughs> to turn people down. No, no, no but it it, it it is awesome, especially when you see you know, you get to see someone sitting at a table and, you know, they have the book stacked up and there's people coming to them and, you know, and seeing them doing all kinds of stuff. And it's like, oh, you know, I, you know, I help them do that and get there, which is really kind of a cool thing.
0: it's yeah. phenomenal. And then you said you've been teaching as well. You've been teaching. Yeah, yeah. Having... I've
1: always, I've always taught on, off and on. And, um, you know, as a writer, you always have to do something else usually. And so I teach filmmaking um, to, to high school students, which I, which I love. It's really kind of a, a fun thing you know i have a full t- full studio and all the state of the equipment and get to show kids movies and stuff but the cool thing the fun part for me is where i get to bring in all the celebrities i work with you know not I'm not bring them in that often i have a couple times but you know i get to say like oh by the way when i work with this or do this and examples from the real world and you know bring it into the film stuff which is really kind of fun and rewarding and then it's kind of like it's kind of like the the writing to where <clears throat> getting to see that i helped a writer getting to see a student find an interest or go to college for it or something like that is really cool. Cause it's like, then I know, you know what, I hope that kid, you know, find their career path and, and start their life and stuff, which is really kind of a, a fun, cool thing.
0: Yeah. The world needs more, Michael. The world needs more, Michael. I tell you, Thank you. Thank you. you are an inspiration, <laughs> sir.
2: Thank you. Thank you. With that saying, you know, you're teaching kids filmmaking, you're writing these amazing books, which are getting incredible reviews. You know, they are amazing stories. Thank you. Did you. Were you ever tempted to go back to that original career path and go, let's write a movie?
1: So I've, I've written several scripts. Um, I've had one that was almost picked up during the pandemic, uh, right before the pandemic, um, based on uh, Tales from Mortician, one of the first uh, Michael Gore books, and <clears throat> we had it really close to getting picked up, and then the pandemic hit, and then it kind of just got all pushed back and pushed back, and we never went back to it. So my ultimate dream is to have a couple movies made after my book someday. So I'll get back to it eventually, but time is very small when you have teaching children and a company and all kinds of stuff, and it's just a you know constant chasing of things. But hopefully, I'll get back to you know getting just some screenplays out there and, and done stuff.
2: Yeah. What you told us about Mister Blue Stick—that sounds like it would be an amazing film.
1: I agree. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I actually that I have. I have sticky notes all over my desktop, and like my writing plan for the year actually, Mr. Blue Stick for a script is on there. So, whether that gets yeah. done, I don't know, but that's that's like the goal for this year.
2: You know? Yeah, so so most people have like a to do list, you've got sticky notes around your monitor, just like off yeah, and oh, off yeah, I've and done sticky
1: it. notes like 2023 writing plan, you know, it has like what books I have to finish, what things I got to do, you know. Yeah. I-
2: just, just quickly going back to your publishing company, I realized do you focus on any like specific genres or books with the company? Or is it just like whoever wants,
1: whatever? So so we have three three imprints. So we have AM Inc., which is our children's books, um, some novels and short story collections, uh, like mainstream ones, and then um, a couple of mainstream biographies. And then Dark Inc., which is our biggest one, is all horror or dark-based books. Um, Like we just started to do some dark crime books. Um, And so those are kind of horror, all of our horror stuff. And then we have spooky ink, which is um, children's like children's books that are kind of like monster themed and creepy things, which I love that kind of stuff. Um, So we kind of cover a lot of stuff. We don't do poetry or romance or history books or military based books. um, But we do basically anything in horror, um, a lot of kids books, and then some mainstream kind of books. So we kind of have our, kind of our three that we work with. I love that. It's like the complete opposite side of the spectrum, isn't it? Kids books, horror books. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) yeah, exactly. That's why we had to have the different imprints, you know. But it's funny we only have like you know like one one page for like social media stuff. So it's like one day it's like a bloody book cover and then, you know, fluffy kittens. You know, it's a a little (laughs) we probably need to separate that at some point, but you
0: know Have you ever wanted to write a story bit more close to home like involve maybe your family and make it a bit more personal without making it about
1: the family that makes sense am i making sense um no yeah so it's funny because there's there's different types of writers to where first of all as a writer no matter what if someone knows you and they read your book every single time they're gonna go that's charlie isn't it Right, right charlie right and you know so no matter what people who know you are automatically going to think um, <clears throat> that it's someone or personal or whatever. So I know some writers who literally every single thing in their books is either something they experienced or people that they, you know, have worked with or known or something like that. Um, and then I'm the type of writer to where everything is just hundred percent fake. I just literally make up everybody, make up everything. <clears throat> very, very, very rarely will I ever like take a trait from somebody or do something like that. Um so I don't I don't really want to bring the real world into my fake no stuff. You know, obviously when I do some nonfiction of my own, then it's all about me. But you know, with the fiction, I kind of <laughs> just I keep it in my own fantasy world of, you know, fake kind of stuff.
0: No, fair I mean, no, no, absolutely. Has there really been a point though when you've been writing stories where you've finished it and then gone back and gone, Oh, actually I might tweak, oh actually, I don't know if I like that part. Oh actually, but then you get oh, to yeah. a point where you start to
1: over adapt it, I suppose. So my, my weakest point as a writer is the editing. So like I have, cause I have so many stories in my head that I just want to get them out. And as soon as I finish writing the story, I don't want to ever look at it again. Like it's just, it's out of my head. It's done. Like, like if that would be my ideal life to where I could finish it, not even read it again and just hand it off to someone that like, that would be my goal, you know, like hire just like 10 editors, like take it, go do something with it. Um, But yeah. So when you finish though, you know, I always go back and I'll read it and tweak sentences and lines and change things. i like, oh, this doesn't work, fix it and stuff. Um, but I'm not a heavy rewriter or heavy editor. Like there's some, uh, there's Jeffrey Deaver's one of my favorite uh, crime thriller guys, and he says supposedly, which I don't understand how he does it. Every book he'll write the whole book and then he gets rid of ninety percent of the book and rewrites it. And I'm just huh? like, yeah, I'm just like, that's just a waste, <laughs> you know, of time. <laughs> like. Why would you waste your time? But that—that's supposedly what he does. Obviously, he's you know worth five hundred million dollars or whatever. But still, so it works for him. But you know, for me, it's like I just want to get it out and then I'll read it over, clean it up a little bit. But yeah, I've never gotten to that cycle of redoing it, redoing it because I'm always want to get on to the next thing. That's crazy. What if he writes yeah. a number one bestseller and doesn't realize it? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> like the, my my theory with there's so many people I know who are writers who like. They've written like like five novels and never published any of them or stories, and this and that. My whole thing is like that's like being a chef and you just cook food and go dump it in the trash and like like someone <laughs> yeah. can eat it, whether it tastes good or not, someone could eat it. You know, so why let it, you know, why let it go to waste? You know, use it for something, clean it up, put it out there. Even if you just self-publish it, put it somewhere small, use it, you know, put it out there, you know.
0: Yeah, because then surely you could just destroy the original and then rewrite what he does anyway. But having yeah, released yeah. the original, yeah, that, yeah, uh, I, I don't
2: use, know, it up. use it, it yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, you said that, but I noticed on—I believe it was on Amazon—I noticed it, Mister. Why's the name? Gone out of my head. We've only just
1: discussed it, Mister. Bluester. That's it.
2: Yeah. Did you release it twice? Because I saw you re-released
1: it. Yeah. So, so when I first did those books, they were they were self-published when I was like early twenties. I put them out there, and then so my company picked them back up and put them back out like i don't know like eight years ago or something like that with new covers and you know put them out in a fresh fresh book with a cleanly edited and stuff like that kind of kind of retake it and put it back out i was gonna
2: say did you go back to make any changes or are you just like nope this is it, so i
1: I did a little bit like i read through and i cleaned it a little bit and it was hard because i like part of me really wanted to go back and kind of gut it and redo it in this and that then i was like you know what i want to kind of leave it it was this is what I wrote at the time and I kind of want to just like leave it as that. And I actually put a, there's a little note in, in the front of the book from me about that kind of saying, you know, this is a you know, reprint of the book, blah, 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 and and how I didn't want to change it. Um, I still think it's one of my best books, the story wise, you know, so I didn't want to gut it. Like I actually have, I wrote, cause I write a lot. I wrote five <laughs> novels um, in my mid twenties, back before I had children, before I had anything to do. I wrote five novels that I never did anything with. They're all just sitting there. And so I decided this year on my to-do list um, (laughs) to go back and try to finally clean those up and put them out. And I'm finding that I'm enjoying it, but my writings was different. Obviously back then it was 15. Oh my God, almost 20 years ago now, you know, so it was different. And I'm kind of struggling with like, do I rewrite the entire thing or do I just kind of clean it up and it is what it is and I put it out. So I'm kind of, Kind of going back, trying to figure that out with it, which is a little, a little weird. But you know, it's it's hopefully they'll all come out eventually and they'll be good.
0: You mentioned um that Mister Bluestick is going to be translated to Danish. Now mm-hmm. we spoke to an author last year who had one of his books translated to Colombian, I think, or Spanish, and it was not the correct story. It was like something completely different. People were like this is shit. This is this is awful because it's been mistranslated or whatever. Have you ever had that? Or does that ever concern uh, you? <laughs> so
1: I—I I mean, well, obviously that would suck, yeah. But um, uh, I mean, the translations are new to me. Like, I have uh, actually over here, um, Tom Savini's amazing biography. This—this oh, uh, this is actually the Brazil edition, um, which was translated into Portuguese. Which I didn't know they spoke Portuguese in Brazil. Um, but this <laughs> is the—yeah, exactly. This is the the Portuguese language edition but I'll never know if it's bad because I don't, it. <laughs> you know, but it, it looks pretty faithful, you know? So, so part of me like does worry about it, but at the same time, I wouldn't know unless there's really bad reviews, you know, that say, you know, it's horrible and stuff. Um, but yeah, so it's kind of a, it's a concern, but hopefully I just got to trust the publishers that they're going to do a good job and, and get it yeah, out.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure they will. I didn't mean to put that down in your mind, Michael. Sorry about that. <laughs>
1: but yeah, now I'm like, oh God, I can't it. like, I'm going to learn Portuguese. Like I haven't slept now, in a <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I love we the have... fact
2: you own a copy. You could never read it cuz to know, but it's like well, hey, it's, my name on it. I'm, I'm having piece. it
1: so this, this will go on the shelf, you know, like nice little display because I love it. They did a really cool cover cuz they did like the you know the uh Creepshow classics, oh, you know. Awesome. You know, awesome. A cover. Yeah, I think it's a really cool. Like, like every every page of it's like, you know, super designed and like, you know, really cool his name and stuff. And yeah. That's so awesome. My name's yeah. on there. There's my name. <laughs> 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 but, yeah, so I always want to keep you know a library of all the things I've done. So
2: that must have been amazing to work with with
1: Tom as well. It is, yeah. I mean, it's it was one of those things to where you know I'm sitting in his kitchen in his house, and then all of a sudden you realize I'm like, I'm in I'm in Tom Savini's house just hanging out. <laughs> you know, it's like it's just like a, like a holy crap, like this is this is weird kind of thing. You know, because you know, it's, uh, Savini is like literally, you know, one of the biggest gods of all time when it comes to horror, you know, and his house is literally the greatest place in the history of the world. Um, <laughs> it, it is. It's it, He's lived in the same house for 60 years uh, or he's 70, 70 years, since he was born, lived in the same house. Um, wow, but wow. every inch of every room is memorabilia of things. And it's not just him. He's just a massive horror fan or movie fan and horror fan. And so, like, there's skulls in one room and thrones in another room and, like, life-size figures in another room. His whole bedroom is, like, action figures and, like, he has all the heads from Dawn of the Dead around the, his bedroom and, like, just, you know, he has, a, like, a movie theater room, a game room, just tons, like, every inch. I'm like, Tom, is that? He's like, oh, yeah, those are the monkey from Monkey Shines. I'm like, oh, my God, okay. You know, like, he just, he picks, like, one day he's, like, going through a stack of stuff or we're trying to look for stuff for the book. He's like, oh, look at this. And I'm like, what is it? He goes, Oh, that's the original uh, script from Creepshow with all my notes. And I'm like, and there's like handwritten notes from like from like uh, Romero and like Stephen King on it. I'm like, Tom, do you realize this is worth a lot of money? He's like, oh, cool. Throws it in a pile. I'm like, oh, I'm gonna... <laughs> I'm like, holy crap. You know, it's like, it's just, it's like being in like the best horror memorabilia room in the world. It's like, oh, you know. Yeah.
2: Go on, Jay. I was gonna say I don't think I could imagine waking up in the middle of the night now and being surrounded by dawn of the dead zombie heads Freaking
1: freak He's got size like his giant robot in his bedroom. There's like everything is it's so cool. It's it's like literally the biggest movie nerds like dream home. There's actually uh, if you go on YouTube, there's uh, I forgot the name of but if you type in Tom Savini like house tour, you can actually see there's a whole a guy went over and did a whole tour of his house and all the things and stuff, which is really cool. And and his college, which is also freaking amazing. That's awesome. Wow! That's awesome.
0: Do you feel that horror, the horror genre, or the horror movie genre, is has almost got to a point where it can't go any further? Because I like there's so many classics that you don't really hear about that much anymore. And they're like, oh my god,
1: this new horror movie has been unbelievable, you know. And you don't really get classics anymore. Does that make sense? I, it's it's weird because I'm assuming we're closish in age, but like I've, yeah. it, I like I can't imagine. Like like almost everything back then was so iconic and 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 legendary for us that I can't imagine someone like in thirty years being like oh man, Conjuring is like, <laughs> greatest. I mean, it's an awesome movie and it's scary, but it, it just they don't have that sense of like like wonder anymore of like you know to where it's like nope. man, we're gonna talk about this kind of movie you know and so so I, I feel like it's evolved into a different kind of thing you know to where it's yeah. just. You know, different generation of it, kind of, which it's still horror and it's still awesome, but there was just something magical about the '80s and to, into the '90s, kind of thing about it, you know?
0: Because they just obviously <laughs> released the trailer for Scream Six. Sorry, And I was just like, Scream Six. Why? Hey, like, I think I, I think Michael Myers has been around forever as well.
1: <laughs> I, I Scream, though, is to me. I I don't I don't care if they make 105. I'll see them all. I love it. <laughs> so that, that, was one, that was the one. The movie that kind of like really. Like turned it for me to where like like I was really loving movie horror movies. And then I was 16 when it came out, and I went and saw it in the theater, and I was just like, you know, like whoa, you know, like like mind blown. I was like, this, you know, it kind of pushed me into the path of you know horror, you know. So,
2: I'll I, always give reason, it in my money. The reason I feel like horror now isn't as iconic is because you don't have those iconic characters anymore. What yeah exactly. your Jason, your Freddy, your Michaels, your Pinhead? All that yep. there is none of them anymore
1: yeah yeah and, and the the funny thing though is and, like i wanted to write an essay about it then i was like yeah i'm not gonna i'm too lazy but um <laughs> it, it's the internet world now everyone wants to complain like no matter what it is people would rather they get so excited to complain rather than ever say something's good and like like we just got like like a, a new texas chainsaw massacre last year not the greatest movie but there's some amazing kills in it. It's still Leatherface running around killing people. And there's nothing but hatred and this and that. And like, oh, the originals. It's like, if you go back and watch the originals, they're not good movies. They're fun, but they're not high art. You know what I mean? Like, you're, you know, Texas Chainsaw 4 is ridiculous. You know, it's like, they're not high art. And yet now, because we have these mouthpieces to where we can complain about everything constantly, I don't think we can bring these characters back to where they're going to be good films, because no matter what, we're going to constantly, every person's going to be yelling, going, oh, this is horrible. This person sucks. Or this, thing, It's not good anymore. And it kind of like destroys that what, you know, that word of mouth that we had when we were kids to where we'd be on the playground or a school going, yeah, the new Jason movie. And I'm like, what? Tell me about it. You know, it's now it's you have yeah. a, a, a trailer telling you a trailer is going to come out tomorrow. You know, and then you have, you know, you know, like 500 notifications and this and that, like every, you know, and, and then we dissect the trailer. Then you have 500 YouTube videos going, okay, man, we're going to have a reaction to the trailer, you know, and then we take like, <laughs> it down to where, like, we can't just enjoy it anymore. It's just like becomes this, you know, like we're going to so pick true. it apart until it's dead, you know. So true, I can't stand
0: them reaction videos. I can't, yeah, like you said, like they they pick every last bit apart. Oh, oh, they might have teased this. Do you know what? Yeah, exactly. Just wait for it to come out. Yeah, Yeah. just watch it. I'm Dwayne from
1: Iowa, and basically, what we're gonna do right now (laughs) is we're gonna break this down. I have no experience in any of this, I have no degrees in any of this, I've never done anything. Watch my video because I, nobody, you know, and it's like, but (laughs) yeah. Then they'll get thirty-eight million views. Me, so that's the worst you know? part. They get only like yeah. six million views. That, that's what I. <laughs> and fight everybody
0: else to telling their friends.
1: Yeah, I fight with my students all the time and my kids because they rather watch YouTube over anything. And I'm just like, oh my god, you're watching so many of these videos are just talentless people who are making horrible quality things, and yet they're more famous than than movie stars now. And I'm just like, I don't get it. I'm like, they're literally just going, oh, no. "What's up, guys? It's me." Blah blah blah. You know, and it's just like. <laughs> Okay, I'm like any idiot could do that in thirty seconds. You know, it's just like, oh, I'm an old man now. I'm like I'm just like, <laughs> darn kids! You know, get out of my porch. <laughs> it's not as good as back in my day <laughs> when I was a kid. We had to watch Jason in the movie theater.
2: <laughs> uh, yep. We had to wait to find oh. out he went to space. <laughs>
1: exactly. <laughs> Oh, French. <laughs> oh.
2: compose ourselves right <laughs> so with, with your publishing company one last thing i wanted to ask about is can people submit their work to you if there's people listening to this who want to get their work out can people submit their work
1: yeah uh so normally we're we're open for for anybody can submit um we have the guidelines on the, on the website that say you know um what we take what we don't take um but we've for this, this year, for the first time, we've actually have uh, open call windows now. So, where you can only submit during certain periods, only because we've gotten way too many submissions. I think there's one month where we had 400 submissions in one month, and we're like, okay, we gotta, we, yeah, we gotta like simmer this down. And we already have, we got 20. Uh, I'm looking at my screen, not just like randomly spaced. We got 20, <laughs> uh, I think 24 books in, produ- in production right now. Um, so, there's a lot so we're pretty full until 2024 so wow. there's certain windows so people can submit but they have to just check the windows of when they can submit and stuff yeah
2: that's
1: all awesome.
2: yeah. it's amazing to see that that many people are like submitting their work though It's that's awesome
1: yeah yeah i mean it's awesome and you know but it also shows you how how hard it is though too when you're a writer in the creative world to, to you know try to get that you know into that world there break in
2: yeah so when I, when I was looking at some of the reviews of your books, as I was saying, there's, there's some amazing reviews out there, all sorts right. of different ones. Like there was one comparing it to Silence, one of the books comparing it to Silence of the Lambs. There's like incredible reviews out there. But if people listening to this wanted to check out one or two of your books, which ones would you recommend them to go check out? I know it's like asking
1: <laughs> to pick a favorite child, but. <clears throat> well, it, it depends on what they like to read. So if they're not horror fans, then I would read Mr. Blue Stick or um 50 handfuls if they're horror fans then i would read um pieces which i think is my one of my favorites or um skeletons in the attic which is all collection of short stories um kind of gory so so if you're in the gorier side like the skeletons and tales um if you want more of a dark crime and weird twisted stuff the pieces (laughs) um and then obviously if you're a horror movie fan than like Kane's biography, you know, um, pick it up unmasked. So, so it just kind of depends on what your, what your uh, type is, you know, what kind of thing. So it's, the one thing I hate more than anything is when uh, like, cause we'll do like book giveaways or do something. And then someone leaves a review and be like, I hated this book cause I don't read horror. And it's like, so why did you <laughs> <read it?" laughs> Like I've got literally there's so many reviews like that to where it's like, <laughs> I hate horror. This book sucks. It's like, so why did you pick this book up? You know, <laughs> like that kind of thing. Yeah, so keyboard warriors.
0: like you know, absolute keyboard. That's like the people that complain about a festival lineup. Don't go yeah. then. Don't it's spend two hundred fifty three. But yeah, just don't go. I like, I go don't.
1: Week. Yeah.
0: Mental people are crazy. Just want to just yeah. want to write for again. They're like they're like the YouTubers. Yeah. You know, like doing from Iowa re- reviewing Scream Six. <laughs> you know, it's just gonna <laughs> I'm gonna agree. write a review. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Yeah, this book does suck. I don't like horror either. Okay,
1: sucks. <laughs> then why are you here? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, I always find it funny too. It's like, you know, like you know, kind of grew up with the if you don't like something, you know, don't say anything, you know. And it's like, yeah. but with the internet, it's like, no, I'd rather hate something. Like, you know, if you love something, most people don't leave a review. It's like, oh, that was awesome. They don't leave the review. They like to leave reviews when they're angry. Like, yeah. I hated this. You know, like if you go on like Yelp reviews, you know, things like that, it's almost always just because they're angry. Because no one goes on there when they're happy to leave reviews, you know. I wish I'd give this negative stars. <laughs>
2: yeah, <I'm> like,
1: <laughs> if I could give it zero, I would. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: oh. Before we start wrapping up though, is there anything you're working on that you can talk about? Anything you've got coming up that you need you're needing to promote
1: or anything like that? Uh so I have uh Do Not Open, which is the third in the uh my Michael Gore horror short story series coming out in, I think it's March there's no set date yet, but I think it's around March coming out. Um, I have a really big book. It's the biggest book I ever wrote um, coming out in August, uh, but I'm not allowed to talk about it yet Mm -hmm. Um, because it's, it's actually a huge book with Simon and Schuster, which is, you know, one of the biggest publishers in the world. Yeah. So I'm not allowed to talk about it, but it's another uh, celebrity biography, which is, which I'm excited about. Um, and that'll come out in August, so that'll be a huge deal for me. So so that's kind of what I'm working on now, and then playing out the next books as I, as I get going.
2: Just knocking yep. off them post-it notes.
0: <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: Incredible. Mr. Stevens, do you have any more questions for our wonderful guest?
0: I do. When you were, obviously, growing up hating horror and not reading anything, did you ever think <laughs> that going through, you know, to Film, writing school and everything becoming basically he was today like writing all your stories hanging out with the biggest horror stars in the world and that sort of thing did everything that would ever happen growing up
1: uh, you know when I was nine I said you know what one day I'm gonna be uh, a huge author no I'm just <laughs> uh, no I mean, you know I was just uh I, I was a uh, I won't say a dumb little kid but you know I was like that little kid who like I remember I failed high school freshman English you know I got a 47 in English you know and I never. You know, it never kind of really looked to the future. I just had no plan, and and something just clicked when I got into college, to where you know everything changed. But yeah, I never, never would have thought it when I was a kid that I would be a writer. And I guarantee, if you asked anyone in my life at that time, they'd be like, "That kid writing?" So you know, like I was in you know I was in the remedial remedial English classes when I was in elementary school. So those teachers would have been like, "Mm, "No, this kid'd be lucky if he reads a book," you know. Which is why no, I don't I like. judge. That's why I don't judge kids, though. You know what I mean? Because you never know. When you get that slacker, like actually no. Which uh, I don't know if. I Okay, so I'll say, when I was in film school. Um, I was like the super studious guy. I was like, I was there 15 minutes before class. You know, I was the one doing all my work. You know, like constantly on top of everything. And then there was this group of of like five guys who would come in because the classes were three hour long classes, and these kids would stroll in high as a kite, like. By, or like an hour into class, you know, this and that. They'd slack off, hardly do anything. And I'd be up in the front of the room going, Tuh. you know, like all like, whatever, guys, I'm doing my work. Those are the ones who all became famous. They literally, no every, every, like all one of them, what I, wanna, I won't say, I just won't reveal. Cause I'm like, I don't want to say that they were the horrible slacker kids, but uh, yeah. A couple of them end up having their own TV show for 10 years um another one is a very famous director um another one became a uh, big producer and another one was an actor so yeah they, all of them the kids who i was like oh, whatever all became famous and i'm like damn it you know? i'm like people. Fuck. <laughs> i don't judge people anymore you know because i'm like you know what we don't know what that kid's gonna be you know, you
0: know? it's kind yeah. of amazing as well At the same, in the same time like yeah, I I can't put it into words. I yeah. think that's I think that's like weirdly incredible. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like mother. Like oh my god! De- like you absolute ah. But also, <laughs> <terms> <laughs> don't don't. No, I won't say that. <laughs> don't don't try hard, kids. Don't try hard at all. <laughs>
2: yeah. oh. oh, this has been absolutely amazing. Thank you so much for joining us and doing this. Thank
1: you. This is fun. Before we let you get nice. out of here, though,
2: any plugs, social medias, anything you want people to go check out? Uh,
1: just authormike.com is all my my books and my upcoming appearances. I got a, I'm, I'm booking all my conventions for the year and, and different appearances. Um, Kane was just offered England, but I think he's turning it down, uh, which I should talk him into. But like, let's go, let's go do it. You know, yes. yeah. So all my appearances are on there. Um, I post a TikTok every day, which is just uh, I think it's author Mike is still my TikTok as well. Um, but yeah, I post a TikTok every day and. Uh, yeah, so find me on TikTok and go on there, and that's me.
0: Oh, I think you should definitely find a job in comedy as well. If you can fit <laughs> it in with everything else. <laughs> <laughs> exactly.
1: A fourth job, we'll put it on there. Yeah. Add it to the post-it notes. do <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <New> comedy, now. <laughs> um, and then I go up and I bomb, and I'm like, I hate those guys. They told me to do it. fucking <laughs> Brits. I'm so embarrassed. <laughs> <laughs> their and humor over there is so different than ours.
2: <laughs> okay, we've got to go to the UK so you can kick their ass for me. <laughs> exactly.
0: <laughs> um, Michael, this has been great. This is—I've had so much fun. This has been absolutely <laughs> you so fantastic. Too. You've been a hero. Enjoy your evening, sir. Thank you so much well, for your you time. Too. This is
2: great.
1: Thanks, it's guys. Been great. Take care, okay, so Michael. Take care, mate.
0: Bye, there, man.
2: Cheers. bye. Cheers.
0: what an incredible conversation.
1: So much
2: fun.
0: It's, we we've set the bar high for already. And we're only in January. What a great interview that is! Absolutely incredible.
2: Anyone that says they get their love from horror from one simple thing and that be boobs is an absolute
0: legend in my eyes. <laughs> <laughs> Michael, thank you so much again. We really appreciate you taking the time to sit and chat to us. We thoroughly enjoyed it, and we hope that you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did recording it. Mr. Stevens, why do we pick it like Santa? Yes, Jamie. <laughs> Santa? (laughs) It's
2: audience participation time. Yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, it's time to participate in Jamie's Participation Challenge. This week, we said, oh no, Freaky Friday has happened. This week, we were asking if you were to swap bodies with any celebrity for one week, who would it be? Why that person? What are you getting up to? Is it Lindsay Lohan? What
0: say you, sir? So I have two answers to this.
2: Okay.
0: The two people that I was, so first of all, John Oliver, obviously. I'd Do you love want to, to be present a that show. No. Um, I'd <laughs> love to present that show. That's the worst thing I've ever think of in my life. Um, I'd <laughs> love to present that show. I'd love to be on Last Week tonight and just present it. Ask him doing it. You know, it's all still him. It'd be great. Um and the other one is Debry, Daniel, Brian, Brian Danielson, the American Dragon. Um, just, i love I just again, he's tattooed on me. I worship the ground he walks on. I love him to pieces. He's literally my idol. Um, so yeah. I just those are the two people I choose. Not obviously not hilarious or funny answers. There's two people I admire and look up to. So
2: I like it. I feel like you? My, I feel like my answers are gonna be really obvious. First off, it's gonna be it's going to be kevin i just i just I just want to spend a day in his life and just see how i love is. how you
0: point to your arm like people on spotify I go yeah i could totally tell who that is i did answer it properly afterwards
2: come with the guy that just tried to suck his own dick on video anyway <laughs> um what was i saying yeah kevin Smith. i just love to spend a day or well, a week as this is in his life just seeing how his mind works and it, i just think it'd be great and my other one is it's paul stanley come on he might be 72 years old but that dude is still kicking ass I'd just love to see what a day in his life would be like, or a week in his life, performing into huge crowds all over the world. It'd be fucking awesome. And then I'd go back to being me. Let's get some answers from our listeners. Well, first off, he's not technically a listener, but he still gave me an answer. And that's my son, Sam. His answers were, I'd want to be the rock. So then I could be big, I could be strong, and I could pick up Kevin Hart. I did try to find out why he wanted to pick up Kevin Hart, but he just went, I don't know. He <laughs> could then, pick up Kevin Hart as Sam. To fair, he probably could. <laughs> and then he said, I'd also like to be the guy who directed Cats so I can inflict physical pain for making such a terrifying-looking movie. <laughs> fair enough. <laughs> to fair, Cats does look absolutely horrifying. I've never watched it, but I don't want to. It looks terrifying. James Corden as a cat is not someone anyone needs to see. <laughs> Anyway, let's get to some answers from our other listeners. But by the way, I'm going to preface it this one. Is that the right word? Preface it. Anyway. You're all a bunch of fucking perverts. That's all I'm going to say. You'll find out why now. Keris Mansfield. I would like to be Kim Kardashian for a week.
0: Of course you would. Yeah. Because she fucking she's a
2: personal trainer, a chef, and looks amazing all the time. I'm not sure I agree on that one, but yeah. If you if you worship the ground she works on, them. fair enough. Gemma Williams, this is where the perversion comes in. Jason Momoa, why? Well, because I could see something so sexy up close and personal, and may have to direct message someone to find out how to pee as Amanda. That's a man, though. So sit down. It <laughs> life easier. Leanne Victoria Zendaya, I'd spend a good few hours just looking at myself in the mirror, and then have the opportunity to ride Tom Holland like a pony. Win win. Bad. Never know, no will <laughs> go for Tom Holland though. Interesting choice. I know, yeah. <laughs> this one made me absolutely howl. Graham Arnold, I'd swap with Arnold Schwarzenegger. He likes, looks like he likes to work out. My body needs it, but I can't be asked to do it myself. So once we swap back, my body would be in a better shape, and his would need more work after my binging on sugar and pizza and hard carbs, which in turn would make him happy to work on himself again. I could see the logic, Graham. Absolutely. I'm, I'm wondering how
0: much of a difference he could make in a week, but probably not. they could probably destroy stuff quite a bit. To be fair, probably it is army.
2: Uh, Lucy Orchard says Tom Hiddleston for reasons unspeakable. See all perverts. He is a legend, though. He is a legend. <laughs> Harrison Smith. Oh, both my sons are getting involved this week. Richard Hammond says I can get in a car and race around a track and not crash. Fair.
0: <laughs> fair choice.
2: Claire Jones, again, the perversions always. Nikki Reed, obviously, because she's got a perfect body and perfect hair and has absolutely nothing to do with her husband. If you don't know, her husband is Ian Summerholder. And Claire has been obsessed with Ian Summerholder since she was very young. I don't know who that is. He was in vampire diaries, I think it was called. I don't know.
0: I don't, eh. No idea. <laughs> no
2: idea. Ian Shaw, Shakira, you do not want to know what I'll be doing. And it's not <laughs> shaking my hips. <laughs> Laurie Jean, Blake Lively, purely for the hubby. A week for me to have him? Yes, please. See, even everyone's a pervert, but it is Ryan Reynolds, so fair enough. Can't argue with that. (laughs) Graham White. Rupert Murdoch. I just want to see how crappy someone like that can be and get away with it. Yeah, fair. (laughs) Jamie Walker. The great Carly. I'd just walk around and show everyone my presence. <laughs> what would anyone want to spend a week as a great carly?
0: Take him four years to get down the street. <laughs> it really would.
2: This one I feel like you're gonna have to explain because you've laugh reacted and I don't get it at all. But Lofi Jones, Amos W Frubbish, or Landlord Pine Socket. I could go either way. <laughs> As you're
0: pissing yourself laughing, there's got to be a story here. I can't tell you, unfortunately. I, have to ah! <laughs> I can't tell you why. I'm, I can't. I actually can't.
1: Oh,
0: fuck's sake.
1: I'll cut that one out. <laughs>
2: it's <so> <laughs> Rick Joyce says, I've got so many options. Putin, I could stop the war and tell the world all the secrets and free the country from the tyranny. I like it. Trump, I could admit everything and give the FBI full access. I definitely like that one. Bezos, I could instantly fund Water Aid, feed the homeless, etc. for the next decade or two. I was going to say Elon Musk, but he doesn't have the money anymore. And, <laughs> Josh... <laughs> and Josh Weldon, apologize for everything, fund a project guaranteed six full seasons from an unknown writer. Oh, wait, that's me for the week after. <laughs> I like that. Huh. Give yourself an opportunity. I
0: like that. It's Josh Whedon, but yeah, we know who you meant.
2: Yeah, I, I did yeah. think it was. <laughs> This, we've got two, three more left. Jerry O'Keen, This one made me laugh so much.
0: Jerry O'Keen, Yeah, this Jerry is great. Keen. I was hoping it's was in here.
2: <laughs> I would swap with Baz Black and try on a shirt for once. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal. <laughs> great answer. <laughs> we love you, Baz. Last two. Mally Malpas. Malpass. The question isn't so much, which celebrity would I like to live in for a week? It's more, which celebrity would I want to obliviously wake up in Neath and then have to deal with my ex-wife, my children, my minuscule pain <laughs> balance? I mean, how long would it take Elon Musk to get my body and his mind sectioned for trying to convince my ex that he, me, invented self-driving electric cars? <laughs> <laughs> Great. Absolutely a incredible. superb way to put a twist on that. I absolutely love it so much. And last but not least, it's, you know who it is, ladies and gentlemen, it's Ryan Williams. So are we keeping our minds because the asshole in me wants to swap bodies with someone who is popular for being annoying like a Kardashian, Justin Bieber, Brie Larson, or Ezra Miller and just kick a puppy, eat a baby seal, destroy Planned Parenthood, punch Tom Hanks, just spend a week doing stuff that would utterly destroy that person's career. Then after the week, I'm back in my body and I could just watch and enjoy what I did to destroy that person. It's either that or I'd swap bodies with Dwayne The Rock Johnson and since he has my body, maybe his workout mentality will help my body. Also, while I am Dwayne, I would use his money to set up investments to help my family. But mainly, how awesome would it be the Rock, to be The Rock for a week? I mean, give fair. Yeah.
0: I just fucking love that punch Tom Hanks. <laughs> oh. What's Tom done? I know. He's Tom Hanks alone. He got off an island, for fuck's sake, on his own. Fair play to him. Yeah. He only had friends of a volleyball. Oh, fuck. Great film. Great Great film, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, superb. I enjoyed them this week. We do. We do love those answers. We appreciate everybody that gets involved, actually. So thank you so much for everyone that participated, as it were. Uh, And if you enjoy James Participation Challenge, Tom's Journal, Callum's Treatings, the interview, all the absolute wanky shit we talk at the beginning, then you enjoy the other 71 dishes, the Chronicles of Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts from, Spotify, Google, Apple, etc., etc., you can also find us on YouTube at the Chronicles of Podcast. Hit that subscribe button, uh hit the bell to get notified when more videos are released and comment, comment, comment. Uh, also on there, you can find our hashtag W B W Way Back Wednesdays, alongside our bloodstock interviews and vlog. So please go and enjoy those bad boys as well. There's some absolute quality on there. It was inc- I was actually a flick through past couple of days. I'm like, I'm so proud of everything that we've achieved with everything we've done. It's unbelievable, absolutely unbelievable. See it all there in one place, stunning. You can also find us, Jamie, on Facebook at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please hit the like, hit the share. Put memes, put gifts in, just share it with everyone. Tell everybody about it. Get a like in that page. But thinking about it, Jamie, where else could you find us? Sitting there at home, watching Friday the 13th again. <laughs> Boobs. Or on the Twitter, the... at TCO Pod. Alongside watching Friday the 13th and on Twitter, where else could you find us? Hmm, where could you find us?
2: Sitting there, scrolling through YouTube, looking at all our amazing videos, going, do you know what? You should all watch these, because we've spoken to some amazing people. And on
0: the Instagram. All that. At TCO Pod. You can also find us on LinkedIn at the Chronicles of Podcast. Please come and connect with us there. And you can find us on TikTok at The Chronicles of Podcast as well. And also videos, go and check out Jamie's Chesney Hawks video. I'll talk about it every week. I don't give a shit. <laughs> um you can also come on down to our beautifully brand spankingly sexy and wonderfully gorgeous little delicious little website at www.thechroniclesofpodcast.com. All of our shows and episodes are on there. All of our us are on there. All of our affiliations and sponsors are on there as well. Sign up to our Patreon. There's also a shop. The Chronicles of Podcast. a reviewers, Download us, review us, share us, rate us, subscribe to us, tell all of your friends about us, whether you be at school or not. <laughs> Allow us into your ears, but most importantly... Is that Vengabus here yet? Is it not? I thought it was coming. They keep mentioning about it coming. They keep saying it's coming. Apparently, maybe it's because everyone's jumping. That's probably why it's slow. Yeah. New York, San Francisco as well. That's going to take about six days. Okay. Well, can you let me know when it's here, please? Okay, thank you. (laughs) (laughs)
2: Before we get out of here, let's say thank you to a few of our friends. First off, we have to thank wonderful singer-songwriter Matt Roberts. Every single piece of music you hear on this show is delivered to you by that one incredible man. Go follow him on all social medias, at Matt Rubber Music. Go listen to him. Go find all his music on Spotify. And make sure you're following him because coming out 3rd of February is his brand new album, Light of Day. We are very excited. We cannot wait to hear what Matt is putting out into the world. If you haven't already listened to his previous album, Vida, go do so now. Some absolutely incredible songs out there. You would be missing out. And of course, we have to say a thank you to Stay Cozy Clothing. Head on over to www.staycozyclothing.com or download the smartphone app. Add one of everything that you like to your basket. I am hoping that Sophie Lancaster Collaboration t-shirt is in there. Or you see that hat Tom's wearing? That hoodie that Tom's wearing? Add those to your basket, whatever you like the look of. And when you get to the checkout, enter the Chronicles and get yourself 10% off your order. A little gift from our friends to you. And last but not least, it's the Sophie Lancaster Foundation stamping out prejudice, hatred and intolerance everywhere. Their message is so goddamn prevalent. prevalent you're the one yeah, that's good at english was that right prevalent it's so goddamn prevalent at the moment there's so much happening in the world and i can't believe these are still happening i've mentioned over the past few weeks the whole goth baby thing with loose women we had the issue on the graham norton show where oh my god my names are completely escaping me where margot robbie was put down for being a heavy metal fan because she said she listened to slipknot and she was put down for that Absolutely ridiculous. I want you all to go do me a favor, not only follow the Sophie Lancaster Foundation, go and find Danny Winterbates from Berry Tomorrow on Instagram, go follow him. He put up the most beautiful post earlier today as we're recording this. And it it just says it perfectly. The whole message that we're trying to spread. People should not be treated differently because the music they listen to, the way they express themselves, anything. It is just making them an individual and enjoying life as they want to. There is absolutely nothing wrong with that. So please head on over to Sophie Lancaster Foundation. Dot com. Click on the hate crime tab and there is a questionnaire. Fill that in. If you have ever been treated differently, share it with your friends, share it with your loved ones. if They've ever been treated differently. The world has an incredibly massive alternative subculture and we should not be treated differently for wanting to be ourselves. Let's you know, be honest. If you think about it, it's probably not even a minority. The alternative subculture is that big. There's no way in hell it's a minority. So why we're treated differently for that is absolute bullshit and it needs to end now. So again, Sophie Lancaster foundation.com support them however you can, because they are trying to do that to achieve bringing that to an end by making it one of the strands of hate crime. I got very passionate and went off on a huge spill then. Anyway, and last but not least,
0: a massive thank you to my very handsome co-host over there. Just look at him. Go and follow Lee Winterbates at Dan Buried tomorrow on Instagram. That's his handle. So uh, I couldn't agree with you more, Jamie, to be honest with you. And that was a beautiful post. That's why I had to share it with the world. Um, yeah absolutely nailed it once again Michael thank you so much for coming on the show it was great just so great talking to you I'm so excited for everyone to hit, you know for it to hear it. if you've heard it I hope you enjoyed it um, but Jamie another great episode another, another, lamp another lamp one lamp. in the bag yeah absolutely uh, and I think that as for this week we'll see you all next week goodbye everybody bye, bye.